across the UK, online and on DAB. Take a far out trip into the twilight zone of late night radio with Ian Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. This is The Late Night Alternative with me, Ian Lee, on Talk Radio with Time to Change. Now, one in four of us will fight a mental health problem this year. Having a mate in your corner can make all the difference. Search Time to Change to find out more. Hello, dear listener. Welcome to The Late Night Alternative with me, Ian Lee, and her, Catherine Boyle. Yes, That wasn't the... Steady on. Uh, on Talk Radio. Put your phones down, guys. Don't don't phone in. Um, don't text in. We don't want those for this hour of the show. Um, we're doing that thing. We're, here's the thing, because we've got, we've got some guests, and some guests we get live, and some guests we go out and uh, talk to them and pre-record it, and I'm just kind of kicking around where we put these bigger interviews. Do we put them at the end of the show when we've probably got slightly less listeners? Do we put them at the beginning? Do we put them in the middle? Do do we put some of it out on air and the rest of it out in the podcast? I genuinely don't know. So Catherine and I are experimenting with the format. I hope you don't mind that. And if you do, bear with us. It, <laughs> it will change. You know it does. But this one is an absolute belter, isn't it? And we thought we should stick it up uh, from... This is a good one, right? So, um, remember we had Mark Lewison on a couple of weeks ago, who's the, the Beatles guy. Well, this guy is... Um, well, he, OK, he's an author. He's, a, he's a, a, a music historian, a biographer. His name is Johnny Rogan. And he's written a br- he's written some brilliant books. Uh, he talks about uh, he wrote a book about um, Morrissey and Marr before it was kind of you know really trendy to write a book about Morrissey and Marr. Listen to the story he tells about Morrissey. He's written a brilliant book called um, A Complicated Life about Ray Davis from the Kinks. It's a great book. But his obsession is the birds, and um, he's written three books, and they're all absolutely huge. The latest one comes in two volumes. They're about 1,200 pages each. And um, he's brilliant because he's quite old school. And he um, uh, he refused to have them as, as Kindles, refused to have them as paperbacks even. But, and we, we talk about that. So it, it's not, it, it's a slightly geeky music chat, but there's more to it than just a slightly geeky music chat. Uh, but I also find him fascinating, right? Because this guy... Now Catherine is is the queen at finding people. Uh, you yeah. couldn't you couldn't hunt him down. No, could you? and this is this the only thing that is a drawback for me for this interview is the fact that I couldn't find him and you did. By luck, though, I mean I because um, I said, "Have you got Johnny Rogan yet?" And you went, "No, no, no." When normally when you say. No, I couldn't find them. That means you've forgotten to do it. Mm-hmm. No, but no, it doesn't. It means yes, I it does. I never say I couldn't find them. That's why you're unfamiliar with the situation. But he was actually. I just kept finding just dead ends. So I went on. I went on a on a hunt, and I was. I found blogs that he he'd written, and I found. I uh, know blog that he'd been interviewed in, and I emailed the guy from that, and it was, it was years old. And the. He's got his own sort of publishing company, but there's no real contact for it. So the only thing. I could find was that he'd had a book come out by a publishing company, I can't remember, Penguin or something, in Australia, but like 10 years ago. So I emailed the 
PR person there. I said, I'm trying to hunt down Johnny Rogan. And she said, well, he's nothing to do with us. I said, well, this is the closest I've got. I don't have got... Anyway, via a long... We eventually found him in a really complicated way. He doesn't have... He doesn't have a mobile phone. No, he doesn't use one. He doesn't have one. And it, I thought that was brilliant. And as soon as I, th- I heard that, I thought, oh, this is going to be good. And I had to meet him in a, in a pub, and I don't like sitting in pubs, but I had to meet him in a pub at three o'clock on, on an afternoon. And um, I had no way of knowing if he was coming on it. And he did three o'clock, on the clock, he strolled in. I say strolled, he knackered his leg, so he limped in. But it's the old-fashioned thing of, you know, in the days before mobile phones, yep. you were either where you were supposed to be, oh, yeah. or you were late. It was great. Or, or yeah, you, or you didn't turn up, and you went home three hours later, and you, you, your mum had left a note saying, "Yeah, Steve called, and he couldn't make it." Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, so it was great. Uh, so I, I found him fascinating. He has an email, but he doesn't use it very often. And at one point, he hinted he might give me his email, but he didn't. Um, so I just found him a fascinating character. Really, really interesting. He's met, you know, some of the key players in popular music for the last 50 years um, and I think you're going to dig this so ladies and gentlemen, here's me in a pub talking to Johnny Rogan Johnny, it's very nice to meet you mate and yourself Ian, um, good to be here uh, I'm a big fan of yours we are just talking about Mark Lewison who's, who's a friend of yours, I was at Mark's house last week talking Beatles and monkeys and, um, and I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned him because you two are very similar in that your biographies of musicians they really are detailed, but but not detailed to the point of being dull. Every every bit of information in there is is wonderful. Well, I have this um, judicious trick of using endnotes, so anything that I think is a bit too esoteric, um, like lineups or, or recordings yeah. and stuff, and I have massive discographies as well. But I do have endnotes, and a lot of people treat those like outtakes. They say, yeah. "God, some of these endnotes, why aren't they in the main text?" I'm just like, "Why didn't well, why didn't that track appear on that album or something?" <laughs> and it is a bit like that. Somebody wrote to me once and said, "Oh, um, you talked about Sweetheart of the Rodeo, but you didn't mention that wonderful cover and and the origins of of, of all that cowboy imagery and where it all came from." Yeah. I said, "Well, yes, I did. It's on page." 926. So, in the end notes, oh, I never read in notes. And I said, well, you know, it's in there. What do you want me to do? <laughs> I, said, I thought it was a bit too esoteric to start talking about artwork in the middle of the, the discussion yeah. of the recordings and all the dramas. So, and that was, that's a good example of how you can shuffle stuff and still retain it without having to clog, clog up the main text and lose the narrative thrust, yeah. which you want to keep. Why the birds? And I, and I know you've done so many other books. I loved your book about Ray Davis of the Kinks. Oh. I just thought that was wonderful. We might talk about it in a minute. But why the birds? Why do you keep coming back to the birds? I don't know, really. I, 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 it's, it's almost psychologically revealing. I said it's, it's, it symbolises something that's beyond my imagination. It all starts back in 1965 when I first heard them and declared them my favourite group. Which I suppose is like getting married or something. <laughs> I, I, you have I, to stick with them through I, thick and thin. Yeah, I did forever and, there was and ever. Some thin with the oh, no, there was, there was, but um, we never got a divorce. And um, I did keep coming back to it. Um, it had a profound effect on me as, as a kid. And I went through the 60s with them and bought every release on the day it was issued. And uh, there is something about being with an artist from the very start. Mm. I mean, literally from the first recording. You, you've got you've got them and you're there. Not to get involved, you know, retrospectively. It's not like I followed Elvis and I was already, you know, I'd, I, yeah. I was too young. Um, I was there. The, the you're experiencing the excitement of every yeah. single every yeah. album. And also, I think there's a difference in 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 that process because 
You have a lot of ups and downs and doubts about whether they're valid or not at, at key moments. Um, it's not an easy ride because you know, the birds weren't that big in terms of... If you're in the playground, for example, at school and they had two hits in 65, but no more after that. 66 and 7 become pretty tricky times. Now, and growing up, there was no sense of cult credibility. You didn't have this, this sense that you have now or in the, in, in the 70s and 80s where you could, you could claim an underground group like the Joy, Joy Division or the Smiths or yeah. something, and that the fact that they didn't have success was a badge of honour. Yeah. There was no badge of honour in not having a hit in the 60s unless you were a... Um, a Ten years older than me, and a folky or something who who was a beatnik or whatever was, yeah. was swanning around these folk clubs. I mean, for a kid, you know, it, it was the, the the commerce was hits and non-hits. And if they weren't on the radio and they weren't having hits and they weren't in the enemy or Melly Maker, they more or less didn't exist or were, were yeah. losers or something in the eyes of other people. I, 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 I was a kid. I was a teenager in the eighties, and I was a huge Monkeys fan. Mm. And and I and this was before the revisionism where everyone went. Well, actually, the Monkeys are really good and they had great songs. So I was, you know. I I was the weird kid that everyone laughed at because of the silly band that I was absolutely in love with and I couldn't understand. Well, you like this, but I, I couldn't understand why everyone didn't think this was the greatest thing that had ever happened. Well, I was luckier than that. I, I think the birds were still ongoing and they still had credibility, yeah. you know, when that, they... For instance, when they released "Say You Want to Be a Rock and Roll Star" in February '67, they came over here and were on. They were on top of the pops. They didn't get into the charts, but at least people said, "Oh, they're still around." And you know, they're the group that, that Rogan seems to be obsessed about. When, when he, if he deigns to talk about them, but um, it was known that I, I'd followed them, and I used to say, "Well, they're still my favourite group." But the Beatles are my second favourite group, so it was, you know, it wasn't that difficult. <laughs> <laughs> they're not bad. Yeah. Is it three be- uh, three birds books? You've written now because the, the, the well, I did. I, I I started the first book I did on the birds came out at the end of the seventies. That's when I um had started. I started working on doing a biography of them sometime in the mid seventies, yeah. and it took years and years and years. And it was while I was at university, so I was studying as well. And um, and I won this scholarship that got me to across the Atlantic. And as a result of that, I was able to you know strategically plan. I was able to go to New York and LA. On student grants, on scholarships. What were you studying? Was it related to, to no, writing? It was English literature and, and, right, uh, and Anglo-Saxon and stuff like that. But um, I, uh, you know, North Americans don't know anything about Anglo-Saxon, so the very fact that I could do anything on Beowulf was beyond the imagination of them. So it was easy to get money. I thought. Anyway, that aside, um, I, I did that, and um, the first book came out. And it was quite thin. It was only uh, a couple of hundred pages at that, if that, and. Um, but was quite. There weren't rock books back then. It's very difficult to yeah. explain to people. There wasn't even a, um, a music biography section in bookshops. Yeah. They didn't exist. And somebody reminded me of that a few years ago. He said, Do you remember back in the 70s and early 80s, before the rock music explosion, um, that in terms of books, that you'd go into a bookshop and. Music was just classical music and possibly jazz. There weren't any rock books. The only rock books been written about were, obviously, the the Beatles one from '68, um, and a Stones and probably Elvis books, and that was it. And Dylan, and Dylan, and Dylan, and, that, and that, that was it. That was, those are the four artists that yeah. were really done, and nobody else kind of got a look in because they weren't considered. There were those silly little throwaway, the David Cassidy story, and those yeah, kind was, of silly little was, pops. There was George, George Tremlett started this thing of. of um, um, he signed um, this contract where he was writing about the pop artists of the day, which is the Bay City Rollers and yeah. stuff like that, which were really they weren't proper books as such. I mean, they were, you know, 
80 pages. They weren't bad for what they were. They were like extended press releases, yeah. but but with some impact, some import as well. But um, as for a serious book, no. And I remember when I first wrote about Neil Young, it was said, well, this is far too long and... Um, we don't think he deserves it. And I said, well, he's like Bob Dylan. Come on. He said, oh, no, he's, no, he's not. And it has to be all pictures. And I said, get out of here. We, it's got to be a text. This yeah. is a proper singer-songwriter. And yeah. they, they didn't get it. And I remember persuading, persuading them to actually bring a book out that was um, a royal-sized hardback come paperback with, with print and 16 pages of photographs in the middle. But I just wanted photographs and a, and a short text. And I said, but this is Neil Young. Yeah. And they didn't get it. So the, the, the concept didn't exist. And once... They were amazed that the young book turned out to be quite successful. And they said, oh, let's do this again sometime. And, but by then I'd gone on to do, you know, Van Morrison and stuff. But getting back to the birds, um, I went back to it because I wasn't satisfied with what I'd done. And just um, getting more information, really. David Crosby had said to me, you really need to talk to Jim Dixon, man. How can you do a book without... He created it. It was his idea. And I said, OK, David, well, you're right. And I, I felt very guilty when the first book came out because I hadn't got to Dixon. So a decade later, I tracked him down. And I stayed at his house for a week and interviewed him for, I think, 26 hours of tape. Wow. And um, that was and that's just the start of it. I used to yeah. interview him regularly after that for years. Long phone calls long into the night, as with many other birds and their, all their offshoots. Yeah. And it went on for decades, really. And um, I think one of the great advantages of, of, of both the books... I, I then came up with the idea of doing a book called um, Birds Record for the Timeless, just to be the final statement of it, which I put into two volumes. The first volume was on, on the group proper. Yeah. And the second one was on the, the, the birds that have now deceased that I could concentrate on their solo careers, their pre-careers, and all the bits that were not really relevant to the core story, yeah. if you know what I mean. Is this really going to be the final work? Because you seem to keep going back and adding bits and filling in blanks. I think it is the final word. The only option would be a possible volume three on the remaining living birds that um, there's five of them. And they include Gene, um, Gene Parsons and John York, for example, who are quite yeah. obscure, but I quite like doing obscure people. Yeah, yeah. And um, they're still alive. I could go out and do their stories, but that would be for a volume three. But if you consider that these books are 1,200 pages, it's another 10 years. Yeah. It's like the Mark Lewison thing. Will he still be alive to do it? And I'm slightly older than him. I, 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 I don't think I'll make it. McGuinn's mother um, lived till she was 102. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got plenty of time. Yeah, yeah, well, no, if he's going to live till 102. I, when I was when I speaking to Mark about it, I said, I've got to ask you, volume two, when are we looking at He said, well, originally I had it in my head 2020. I don't think I'm going to make that. And I just thought, that's wonderful, though. No, he was, yes, 2021 he was talking to me about when I, I think, when I last yeah. spoke to him. And that was maybe. But it's the same with me. I, I slipped back. I thought I'd, I'd do one about four years ago. This this went four years over. But you have to you have to take into account, and particularly with mine, is that, you know, I think even doing the discography took a year. Yeah. And doing the index, reading the thing, I had to read it maybe six times. And, right. um, you know, it takes weeks just to read it. And as for proofreading it, where you're reading it very, very slowly, and again and again and again, um, it, 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 everything's multiplied in a book like that, mm. everything. And you don't think about that. You think about the writing of it, but you don't think, oh, I'll have to read it six times. And, um, you know, it's 1,200 pages each time, and sometimes quite small print if it's notes. So... They're things of beauty. I've not, I've, I've not finished them. I'm nowhere near finishing them. But I'm just enjoying. I'm enjoying having a big, fat book to 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 go through. 
Am I right? You, the, the, it's only available as book. It's not an e-book or anything. No, I blocked the e-book. I'm good, I'm good at that stuff. Um, well done. I think I blocked the paperback as well, which is an extraordinary thing. Wow, that's that's bold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was bold enough doing the e-book. I did the same with Van Morrison at Pegwood Random House down the road, and they said we want to bring this out as, as an e-book. And um, you know, we're looking at the contract, and looks like. We've got a problem here. When you know, we need. Can you sign this form? And I said, No, don't fancy it. And, uh, and I blocked it, which is quite, a, you know, for, bold, for, 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 for a, a publisher of that that size to yeah. not, not have an e-book on one of their major books was was quite a coup to me. Um, but no, I've, not, I've no great love of, love of e-books. I'm not sure people read them really on screen. I can't imagine them reading a book like The Birds. So if they, no. if they you know, it's, they're just not going to get through it. And um, well, I don't think. Maybe, maybe I'd be. Well, naive. I wonder if it's a generational thing because I, I, I've, I've never read a book on an e-book or a Kindle. I hate it. I, I read a news article and I find that annoying. Mm. But I don't know. Maybe people under thirty do. I don't know. I suppose to an extent. I don't know. I, I, it's very difficult to imagine them. Um, to me, anyway, reading a book like that. Mm. But I suppose they they, they, they could. Um, but I don't know. I, I just I, I just don't like the sound of it. But I, I, the other thing was... Oh, the, the good thing about the Volume 2 is that I constructed it in such a way that it's, it's six obituaries, so you, you can actually read it in... You don't have to read 1,200 pages in one go. You, you, you know, and some of them... Your favourite bird. Exactly. And also, the, the, the point is that... It, it's quite pacey because you know you think twelve hundred pages. If, if you divide that by six, it's not that much. Yeah. I mean, the four hundred pages are on Gene Clark alone. Yeah. But the 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 stuff on say the drummer Michael Clark, which is a real Huckleberry Finn story from beginning to end. I mean, it really is sex, drugs, rock and roll. Yeah. He epitomises all that. It's like a Keith Moon story, um, only in America. And it, it just is it's just endlessly intriguing. And the characters are. All of them, I think, are yeah. all fascinating for different reasons. Oh, well, this is the thing, and the same with Marks Lewison's uh, the, 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 the Beatles, but and with these, they the, the, sounds daunting, and you look at them, and they're huge books. There's no denying it, but they are page turners because it is it is fascinating stuff, and and the birds, I think, um, they're one of those ba- bands that. I think their story is so interesting with people coming, people going, people changing names, people dying, people coming in for a little bit, then going off and flirting with the stones. It's, it's, it's like a soap opera. Well, it is. I mean, it's an endless soap opera, but um, it's also rock history in the making. I mean, somebody said to me that this is an entire subgenre in itself. Mm. You know, we talk about LA rock or country rock. But the birds actually is, is everything. Yeah, it's, it goes from folk rock through the country rock to space rock and all these other subgenres. But all the people in it, when you think of where they end up, you think of something say like the Eagles or Tom Petty or whoever, and you think, well, hang on a minute, the you know Gene Clark um, co-wrote Trainleys here this morning. Bernie Ledden was with Gene Clark in the Fantastic Expedition mm. of Dylan Clark, and then he co-founds the Eagles and everything seems to stem from this that's why uh, Pete Frame had such a great family tree emanating from the birds and it sort of pullulates out mm. into all these different bands and you think of Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young the Flying Burrito Brothers yeah. Didard and Clark Firefall the list goes on and on and on and and that's not that's excluding their solo exploits as well. Yeah. And the whole Grand Parsons Americana thing all stems back, you know, it all goes back to the birds and the flying You mentioned bridge. David Crosby, yeah. been in touch with you. Do, do, how, do you know, have the surviving members read these books? Are they aware of these? How aware of these books are they? I don't know. It's not like I send them to them. Um, oh, they, they'll have seen past editions. I doubt if they've seen the current one, because um, it's UK. Um, 
I some, some have, some haven't. Um, I don't know. I try not to not to get involved. You keep a low profile after you've written a book. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, I always do. Um, Morrissey got arsy with you, didn't he, about a book? No, that was before the book came oh, out. Oh, was it? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he put he put the fatwa out on. Um, uh, that was a weird thing. On our, uh, he said he wished you died in a car crash or something, didn't he? M three like pile up right. actually, uh, nice. slowly and painfully. It must be stressed. Wow. And uh, that must be upsetting, must not nah, it? No, not at all. I didn't think it was upsetting whatsoever. It's Morrissey. Come on, and um, that was before Morrissey was known for this kind of thing. I was one of the, you know, I was a great pioneer of. Um, <laughs> of enough Morrissey. Of, well, no, but I mean, you know, he's a lot of. Verbal vendettas have been voiced over the years, but um, I think I, you know I was one of the, the first ones. I was preceded by um, Band Aid and no doubt other people, but um, but I was the you know it, it was he wasn't he was known for being kind at the time I think, and it came as a bit of a shock that, that it was different you know that, that he was so vengeful. Um, but the strange thing about it, of course, was he hadn't seen the book. The book hadn't come out. It could have been a wonderful hagiography, which yeah. would have been egg on the face job. Well, he probably still would have found something to dislike about it. But um, it wasn't as if there was anything wrong with it. In fact, it wasn't about the book, strangely enough. it was. There's a guy called Fred Della who used to work for the NME um, and had a, a column called Fred Fact, which is just about pop trivia, really. really. And, and he knew the book was coming out in a week's time. And this is pre-internet. Nobody knew the book was coming out. It's remarkable because there was no Amazon or anything at yeah. the time. And nobody knew about it. And I wasn't publicising it. Um, so even fanzines that were in existence didn't know of its existence, which is great. And um, so two weeks before, still nobody knew about it. I mean, obviously Morrissey knew it was on its way and the other Smiths did. But beyond that small coterie of people, people the general public didn't know. And, um, and suddenly... Uh, Fred phoned me up. He somehow got in contact with me anyway. I'm not sure. I had a phone at the time. I think I did. But he um, he said, could we do something on the NME? Because the NME was still fi- um, Morrissey Smith fixated at the time. This is 1992. And, uh, and I said, sure. But I thought, well, I'm not going to give him anything. So um, I just contacted him and gave him a, a, a couple of pieces of real trivia. Mm. said, oh, um, for your readers... Um, uh, I said it's known that Morrissey wrote a book on a booklet, rather on Jake on James Dean, called James Dean is not dead. But I said, it's, it's, it's hardly known or known at all that there was another book uh, called Exit Smiling about um, movie stars, dead movie stars or whatever in, that Morrissey had written. And I said, oh, and another thing, he used to be in a, he, he auditioned in a, a band for Slaughter and the Dogs. Um, some session down in London, mm. and I thought, well, that's it, and I left it at that. I didn't think anything, and that's what prompted Morrissey. Right. He, he then sent this um, fax to the enemy with the, you know, saying effectively saying the the, the fax or the, the the points printed in this article last week are, are so I don't know, incorrect, but he used he used an adjective before that, you know, sort of, you know, ludicrously incorrect or something like that. <laughs> and personally, I hope. Johnny Rogan ends his days very soon in an M3 pileup. So that was it, really. Right. And it caused a, you know, a, a, that must a, have sell the book, though, I would have thought, wouldn't it? Thought it must have yeah. done, yeah, yeah. But it was going well. Any, it was, you know, it would have gone well anyway because there was nothing out there and it was the, it was a big book. I'd be working on it for some years. So, um, but yes, obviously, I thought it, was, it helped enormously. But um, it was very odd because I thought, why didn't Morrissey wait until he'd read it so he would have something substantial to say? And of course, the irony was that the the, the, the points that I'd given were demonstrably true. It yeah. wasn't it wasn't as if um, 
it was a quote from somebody that he would have objected to or a con- somebody's contentious uh, remembrance that he would have objected to. These are two things I, I went around to the enemy. I said, well, look, I mentioned about this exit smiling. Here's the manuscript, typed out on Morrissey's own type, typewriter. The, the, the publisher that didn't publish it said, oh, do you want this? He said, this is, wow. this is Morrissey's wow. thing, and um, there it is. So I said, look, it, not only does it exist... It's there. I've got it. And I said, and as for um, this slaughter of the dog, I said, well, it's not not even something that I um, that I heard from somebody else. And had I done so, I would have put it in. Why? It's pretty. It's not of great consequence either way. But I said, the information comes from Morrissey himself. Here's a letter he wrote in 1978, saying or whatever it was, saying I've just um, yesterday I went for an audition with Slaughter wow. and the Dogs in his own handwriting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's I, so you know, I was in the opposition of of having the 1992 version of Morrissey contradicting his adolescent self from 1978, and I went I went with the adolescent self who wrote the letter. I mean, come on, <laughs> I see one of the things I like about you, Johnny, is it's. Been, really bloody hard to track you down and because normally a book comes out you go oh there's an author let's find it who's published it let's get yeah. in touch and uh, and you're in, you're really hard to track down I could, there's hardly any trace of you online it's wonderful and i was just reading um, just as you were coming in i was just reading a, an article by um uh, zadie smith the writer oh, yeah. and she says she's not on twitter because it would interfere with her writing you know the fact that she'd be checking it and people would be giving opinions and stuff like that um would you be able to write such detailed books if you were on Twitter, if you were on Facebook, if you were, you know, kind of in that world. No, I doubt it. Um, I, that's why I've avoided it. You're quite right. Um, you haven't got a mobile phone either, is that no, right? No, no, I don't wow. have a mobile Brilliant. phone. Never, ever had one. So, um, you know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not texting, you know, I can't text anybody, can't phone anybody. Um, but, you know, I like to be locked in a room for weeks on end yeah. through the night, if possible. And, uh, no, you couldn't do anything like that in the modern world, I suppose. Uh, so I'm still living in the old world. But... You're right. Uh, I I couldn't because you'd be forever involved in debates about yourself, which yeah is is crazy. I mean, you know, egotistically it's crazy, but it's also dis- totally distracting. Yeah, and you'd be forever thinking, well, being scared of offending people and having to defend everything you've ever written or, or said, presumably. Um, I mean, I'm. I'm Happy to do to do that, but, but it's a waste of a time. Yeah, basis. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if somebody wants to do an interview and or contest a certain thing, fine, I'll, I'm happy to do so. But not not on a not on this fatuous kind of every day, um, mm. every hour, every you I know. And having to have a comment on, on something, I mean, who cares what I think about yeah. X's new book or, or the latest film that's come out? I, I just find it. Very egotistical and irrelevant to me. Um, I, I, you know, I'm not that important that people would want to know anyway. You, you, you've obviously you've interviewed Roger McGuinn yeah, loads no, of times. No. How did you find it? Because I had him on the show once, and it was a thrill. I, yeah. was, it was a very stilted 25 minutes. Unlike John Sebastian, who came on, and we, we chatted for an hour, and it was, he was full of stories, and we, I think we spent most of the interview talking about tie-dye. But yeah. um, Roger McGuinn, it was, a, it was a very stilted, slightly uncomfortable conversation, I would say. Was it? Well, um, McGuinn's uh, very cool, and um, he controls his emotions very well. He's mm. the complete antithesis of Crosby. I once did a, um, included a photograph, in, I think, in, in one of the Birds books, and it was of Crosby and McGuinn on stage together, and I just captioned it, Fire and Ice. <laughs> and he actually pointed it in some interview. He said, have you seen that photograph that Rogan put in that book? Fire and Ice. He said, that sums up everything. That's wow. that's all that needs to be said about me yeah. and Crosby. He said, uh, 
those are the two things. And he, he's the eyes, in case you don't know. <laughs> but um, no, I was lucky because I interviewed McGuinn um, in two different, you know, various places, but at least three different phases. And um, the first one was when he was still into cocaine pre-born again Christianity. Okay. And I think it was the height of, I'd say the height of his de- decadence, if that's the right word. But um, he was definitely playing the rock star, I suppose, for whatever that meant. We're talking of the 76-7, not, not the golden period of, of the yeah. birds, but he was still the... I mean, the L.A. rock world is just full of cocaine throughout the 70s. And, um, you know, McGuinn was... Marriage had broken up, and it was in this sort of second phase of of solo career that wasn't that was still going okay. He was still signed to CBS, but it was at the tail end of it. Mm. Uh, well, actually, he was still going well because he did McGuinn Clark and Hillman after that. But he, at this point, he was um, still a CB, CBS sort of solo solo star and touring frequently, selling okay, I suppose, but not not great. But um, but you know he was a star. I mean he was he would get the still get the front cover of Rolling Stone and um, yeah. and if he was over in the UK he'd, there'd be major interviews in Melody Maker and New Musical Express etc. But it was good to see him at that stage because he was like a rock star and you know a bit of Dylan esque arrogance about him. Um, and that was all lost when he became um, born again. Next time I interviewed him, he was much more humble. Right, and he okay. wasn't drinking and yeah. he wasn't obviously doing any drugs. And it was just strange to um, see this transition into this beatific character who had previously been swaggering and, uh, you know, smashing his glass on the table. Because I, I, I was a very, very interrogative interviewer and would ask him tough questions. You know, it wasn't, you know, it was never easy with me as, you know... I, I was saying, you know, were you trying to perpetuate the, the folk rock image when you did this? I was trying to perpetuate anything, man, <laughs> except my love of folk music. So, you know, you, you wouldn't get that from him today. You yeah, wouldn't get that yeah. anger or intensity. Um, very calm and measured. And, oh, very calm and measured today and, um, and, uh, and tends to punctuate his speech with little grins and, ha, you know, and a, mm. a strange laugh. But, it, it's, yeah, he's much more distant and... Um, Probably a lot of it is by rote now because he's, he's you know, like many, many stars, they've got their script. Yeah. And to break them out of that, you oh, have, to, yeah, you have yeah. to come up with some question which just gets them to think for a second yeah. outside of their, their oh, comfort zone. Well, they've been zone. doing it for over 50 years. They, yeah, they well, McCartney, they're all the everything. same. All, yeah, exactly. Every, you've really yeah. come out from the side with something that's like, whoa, where, why are you asking that and win them over? Mm. It can be done, but... I mean, uh, <laughs> I remember Jim Dixon saying to him, I'm going to have to reprogram McGuinn because he keeps getting this thing wrong. And I said, yeah, there's certain things that he's got by rote now and he'll, he'll talk about the formation of the birds and the three of them and then and then he'll say, and then Chris arrived and then Michael. I thought, no, no, Michael precedes Chris. But, <laughs> to, to, you know, you almost have to sort of like, you start again, It's important that, that's important for birds fans. Yeah. It's like when Ringo arrives versus Pete Best, you can't get that kind yeah, of yeah. stuff wrong. And if you do and you're McCartney or... or or you were Harrison and Lennon. That's you know that's that's bad. That's your own band. You've got to get that right. So um, that's just little things like that. But yes, he, he's he's changed enormously, and um, it's difficult. You have to come up with some real tough yeah. questions and know stuff that nobody else knows, I suppose, to break him out of that. Uh, well, you mentioned zone. not being on Twitter. One of the joys yeah. of Twitter is David Crosby. Yeah, he is. Oh, he's. I was, and, and he will answer anything and he is so funny and so wonderful and one of my highlights of my life I was this was like last year I can't remember how it started but I asked him a question and he said oh I don't know and so he tweeted 
Roger McGuinn. I said, Roger, do you know this? Yeah. And he went, yeah, yeah. And so I said, I'm, in, I'm involved in a conversation with Roger McGuinn. And, yeah. so and then Roger tweets a picture to um, David saying, do you remember this building? And David, again, it's me and Roger and David. David says, yeah, yeah, yeah. We took acid on the top of that ice cream parlour in 66. And, yeah. and suddenly I'm, I'm in between two of my <laughs> heroes reminiscing about taking acid on the top of an ice cream parlour. Yeah, I um, know. He, 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 he certainly is involved in talking Twitter. And, um, you know, he's... I mean, Crosby called, called himself in a song, The World's Most Opinionated Man. So mm. he's got endless comments and everything. Yeah. And always did have politically... And it's funny now, I mean, you should probably uh, know, um, you know, McGuinn's a Republican, Hillman's a Republican, they're very conservative, and of course Crosby's still, his freak flag is still flying <laughs> from, from the early 70s, so he's, he's a complete antithesis of them politically, but they, stay, they, they seemingly, as the surviving birds, yeah. they, they get on okay, and Hillman's got an album out now, and, you know, Crosby and McGuinn have made distant guest appearances on right, it. Okay. But it doesn't mean there's going to be a Burr's reunion. That's never going to happen, is it? I mean, they flatly so. said that's... No, the, and the further it goes on, the less likely it is. I mean, as with all these things, as with the Smiths reunion, the only caveat is 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 money, of course. Yeah. And you think, well, how many million, you know, is somebody going to come up with 20 million to yeah. make this happen? Well, and, I thought uh, when the Buffalo Springfields had a sort of reunion a few years ago, I thought that might kind of preempt something, but... No. Well, that, that was down to Neil, really, and it was... Neil Young, and it was after the event, I think, I, oh God, my memory's going, uh, whether Dewey Martin and, 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 and Bruce Palmer were still alive on that even, um, it, it, I think they might have been, but it, it was right at the tail end, and they died, and so the dream, you know, there is yeah. no Buffalo Springfield anymore, but that was, I suppose that was like the last knock-ins, and it was odd that um, Neil did that, but he did do a song called Buffalo Springfield again, and I think that just put it back mm. into, into his mind. I mean, he's done strange things, Neil Young, like he's got Crosby, Stills and Nash, Nash and Young back together again at times where you thought, yeah. oh, I thought... That's the last thing he would do, yeah. and he likes to, you know, trick himself. I think at times and do do, do things that don't, people don't expect. I think there were the, there's at least one of those Crosby Stills National Young reunions, and I thought, how old that he would do that now? Um, it was a, at the precise time where people were saying, "Oh, he'll never do that." Yeah. But that's Neil Young. He's he's far more um, contradictory in what he does, so you would expect that. But as for the Birds or a Smiths reunion, I I would have thought no on the grounds of. Yeah, the further it goes away, I mean, it, 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 it is just pure nostalgia yeah. now. I mean, it's for people who missed them the first time around or the second time yeah. around or whatever it might be. And obviously, you know, the, with the Smiths thing, it's a lot of people missed it, unfortunately, but um, just because they were born too late. And, and, uh, it's st- and all the members are still alive, yeah. so it's tantalising. But with all the bitterness and, you know, having been through the court case myself, I've seen it, you know, I, I can't see Morrissey relenting really is, is, is there any jealousy between McGuinn and Crosby because Crosby you know was the one that became the multi-million seller Crosby Stills Nash and Young you know and, and McGuinn's solo career never quite got there is there any jealousy there Crosby certainly believes so um, I'm not sure he would say it anymore I mean his policy now is very much um, detente and um, so, so is McGuinn so is Hillman they, they speak Kind of fondly of each other. Yeah. I don't think they want to resurrect old battles. Um, but you know, you should hear the interviews I have with all of them. You know, but particularly with yeah Crosby. I think McGuinn's jealous of me. I think he's always been jealous of me. I think McGuinn still thinks he was Dylan. You know, I think he's jealous of me and he's scared of me, man. Scared and jealous of me. You know, he see what he saw what Crosby saws Nash and Young became. And yeah. Da 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 da. And um, that was Crosby of old. Um, 
but um, I don't well, think he feels bit, that There's still a bit of Crosby, not, not the bitterness there, but the bitterness between him and Graham Nash now is, uh, is palpable. Well, I think, you know, even with McGuinn and Crosby, the, you know, if you <laughs> riled them enough, but if, if you know... If it became, um, who knows what? There's a lot of suppressed feelings, and it's yeah. not worth bringing them up. And, and Crosby was trying to get the birds back together again, I hoping McGuinn would relent and being very nice about it. Um, but at times you'd catch him, uh, or other people would catch him, and he'd, you know the, the the mask would disappear for a second, and he's saying, I you know, I don't know why he's not doing it. You know, he's, he's either got some incredible resentment against me, and I, I don't quite know why. And, he, and I think it's unfair. <laughs> you think, oh, sorry, um, but you know, it, 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 it is. There's a, an, an unusual dynamic there, and you have to read between the lines a lot. A lot. Um, as for the Nash Crosby's old, that's a you know, um, a strange thing, but maybe not that strange. Well, it, it's odd. It, it is. It is sad, and, and it's odd that it didn't happen years ago because. Um, Nash went through a lot with Crosby, um, but it's all down to that that book that Nash wrote, which is quite a sensationalist book, really. Yeah. And he made Crosby the the centre of it, and you know was bringing up sexual stuff that, <laughs> which you wouldn't have thought would bother Crosby in the least, because um, you know he wrote the book on all that that stuff. But you know he's been monogamous now for God knows how long, and um, you know he's been in a settled marriage, and you know he's a Grandfather, and maybe just doesn't want to hear about all mm. that stuff. And he also, of course, denies the the particular particular you know sexual allusions in the book that Nash has produced, and feels it was just to sell the book. Mm. Um, okay, fair enough. Um, but you wouldn't have thought all that would have um, culminated in this uh, mm. breakup between the two of them. But then, of course, you have uh, the Neil Young versus. Uh, David yeah. Crosby as well, yeah. and you know, um, Crosby, he got upset Crosby with Neil Young's wife or something. Was that the Darryl thing? Hannah? Yeah. yeah, it's not his wife, but I mean Daryl Hannah and um, the fact that Neil Young left his wife and took up with Daryl Hannah. But you know, that's complicated as well because Daryl Hannah had a relationship with Jackson Brown, who's a friend of Crosby. Yeah. So who knows where? You know, you have to go back into the roots of all this to 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 work out why that where that antipathy came from and what it really means, but I mean it's an inappropriate comment anyway. You don't you shouldn't be commenting on, no. on other people's love lives. I've got I've got to ask that I loved your book on Ray Davis. Yeah. I'm, I'm I find the Kinks fascinating, right? Because I love them so much, but they have got one of the patchiest back catalogues I think of any group. They're, I mean they've they've got some wonderful out. My favourite album is Arthur. I think it trumps Village Green Preservation Society by a mile. But they've got some stinkers in their back. I just find them fascinating. Like the Beach Boys as well. Who, are, who are, I'm a huge Beach Boys fan. Man, they've got some turkeys in their back catalogue. How did you find doing the, the Kinks book? Uh, great, well, the Ray Davis book. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, that, that it goes back to the Kinks because I, I I wrote about the Kinks first. Uh, beginning of the 80s and um, I think it was the first person that you know that cracked that whole real, the real story yeah. and there was a real story there and it was a fascinating one politically and otherwise I mean both with the managers the publishers and much of what you just said you know is regarding with Pi Records which wasn't the great record label to be signed to in the 60s they yeah. were always recycling the kink stuff so you'd have these really golden full, hour of full, yeah but before that the, the you know <laughs> these 14 and 6 Albums competing against the 32 and 6 album. I know a lot of kids at school would say, well, you know, I'm going to buy this album of the Kinks. It's only 14 and 6, and I get all these hits on it. Why would I be buying stuff like Arthur or Village Green Preservation Society or something else? And you think, 
it was difficult to argue the case. Yeah. And uh, Loving Spoonful were on um, Kama Sutra, but it was, you know, but they had, they went through pie in some bizarre way that they had cheap records out as well. And so the same argument applies there. But also, I think the the sheer amount of records and the time they had to do them, particularly the Kinks in the early days. I mean, they were doing an album in a week yeah. and knocking it off. And the Beatles could do that because they had the talent and the songs already there. And um, I guess the Kinks kind of could do it, but, you know, you'd have a very patchy... The first, the first few albums were OK, but lots of covers. They, they, they weren't quite as prolific as they might have been in terms of Ray's songwriting. It was just Ray, and it was more difficult for yeah. him as opposed to a Lennon McCartney combination. So um, it was tough, and the, the, of course, the whole concept of the album didn't really begin. I suppose it began with something like Rubber Soul, if you're looking back or whatever, where people were st- sitting down and saying, "Well, hang on, let's let's take longer to make an album and make it as an art form in itself." And you know, the Kinks didn't really get into that until. 66 or face to face arguably would have been the first one and then you know and then they were doing those you know Village Green and Arthur none of which sold fantastically anyway let alone in the States so it was it was tough um, they were a singles band and I, th- I think they were always seen as, as, as a singles group um, and it, it was difficult for them to make that transition to albums is uh, has Ray said anything about the book? Do you ever? Did, did he give feedback? Not publicly, no, nothing. No. Um, which is fine by me. I, I don't want any public feedback. Um, doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. Uh, I'd be more interested in seeing what you know, uh, one of the roadies or what Jonah said or or, or Ray's wife, ex-wife or whoever. But, um, How do you pronounce her name? Raza. Raza, is that? Because I've seen it written down. I've never, I've never heard anyone say it. So I was coming up with all kinds of exotic pronunciations. Yeah. Again, very quickly, Twitter again. Dave Davis on Twitter, he's brilliant because he'll be posting pictures of him doing his concerts and stuff. And then last week, well, last week he's doing a tweet about. Are there any other blokes out there that find it really difficult to get pants that don't chafe their balls? And I just think this is wonderful. You know, this is this is one of the, this is a huge rock star. It's a big influence on me as a fifteen-year-old kid, more so than Hendrix or anyone like that, because it was that chunky guitar sound. And now he's a bloke in his seventies arguing about underpants. Well, I love it. Completely unaware of that, but um, yeah, nothing would surprise you. Well, Dave, Dave's Dave, and he's he's st- still out Dave. there doing it. And he's great. I mean, he's still got his pride. He's not, you know. There's all. I read a lot of stuff and uncut, and they were putting on the front page even about you know King's reunion. And I thought, oh god, I wish I could go around the bookies and said I'll, I'll put a hundred on this. Never, Never happening. Yeah, yeah. And and then it didn't. And another year passes, and it, and of course they, it's almost like a te- an extended tease. And of course he did appear on stage with Ray. Yeah. For one song, but I mean that's about it. But no, the uh, you know. I mean, one of the fascinating things about that book is getting to the bottom of the whole conflict between the two and then yeah. going right back to the childhood. And it's there from the various, early, early, you know, from when he's four and it, it continues unrelenting to this present day. And it is fascinating in itself. Yeah. And it's not the only fascinating thing. I think the whole dynamic of the Kinks, even with Mick Avery, is fascinating. And, and, and you know, Ray's, sorry, Dave's continued problem with Mick up until this day. Um, you know that hasn't gone away either, um, but Ray's a fascinating character and, and, and endlessly so. I mean, I, I call the, the book. He did a song called "Complicated Life," so I call the book "A Complicated Life." I had to get the A in there, and um, and it is. I can't think of anything anybody 
quite as complicated mm. as Ray, mm. and he has his own little hobby horses, and they've been there, you know, things that have never left him from the 50s are still part of his psyche, and mm. I find it intriguing. And I find intriguing also the little games that he plays, not just with the, with the world, but seemingly with himself as well. And I think people don't get much of his humour because mm. it can be, seem quite cruel or, yeah. or petty. But it's, it's, it's more than that. It's not just the cruelness or the pettiness. It's something quite odd. Um, and I just think he's got a very sardonic sense of humour yeah. and, and, and people don't quite get it when... Uh, you know, when it, when it rebounds on them in some way. And doing business negotiations with Ray, I mean, you know, there have been lots of accounts in the book and um, it sounds like a complete nightmare to, to certain people, like, you know, whether it be Larry Page, the ex-manager or whatever. But always there's a, there's a degree of, of humour underneath all this as to what the hell is Ray up to when he's doing this? Why won't he, why won't he do this? And why does he perversely decide to do this, or seemingly so? And... Um, Always, there's a, a strange subtext that only, only Ray himself seemingly can understand. And when you, when you, the further you go into it, it just, it's just shrug at the shoulders and say, "God, you know, how, how can you rationalise this?" This, and it's great. It's funny. Johnny, and the humour is the, is yeah. the thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man, I love you. I love you so much. I love your book so much, and it's such a thrill to talk to you. I'm going to let you go. Final thing, though. Uh, what are you doing now? What are you working on now? Oh, as if I would tell you. Come on. <laughs> you know, never, Come on. I've never even told you know Come my on. dearest and dearest. It's a, it's a '60s pop group. Is it? I don't think so. Um, no, so, I, I don't know. I'm working on about three things at the moment um, and just deciding which direction to go in. I, I've, you, I've, is that how you do it? You kind of start a few things and no, see which one kind of grabs you the most? Well, I have a concept. I used to have a concept called The Box, and um, it was I, I would do something, get heavily involved in it, and sometimes do interviews for three or four months and then put it all in a box and forget about it and open it in about ten years' time. Right, okay. I, I did that with Van Morrison. That was a classic, yeah. classic example. I did, I did that did all these interviews, you know, because I thought, I've got to do this, and all these people are going to die. So I thought, right, I'm going to get, I'm going to do this research, and I do it, and then I stop, and I think, well, I'm not quite satisfied with it yet. Let me come back to that. Mm. And it's almost a, a, a tease in itself, and I, you know, seal the box, and I opened it. I remember opening it. I think, God, I forgot I'd interviewed him. Well, that's going to save a lot of time. This is great stuff. Why didn't I ever bring this out? This is wonderful. And I've got a, a couple of books like that on other artists that I've sort of started and um, and not followed it through or still have stuff that, you know, I could do other books, but I'll never live long enough to do them all, so perhaps I should concentrate on, on, on two or three that, are, that might be remaining. It might only be one. It might not be any... And, of course, there is that Birds Volume 3, which people will remind me. So, who Do knows? It. OK. Johnny, it's nice to meet you, man. Thank and you so. very much. Appreciate it. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Get an earful of unusual nocturnal emissions with radio's Lord of Misrule, Ian Lee. No relation, thank God. Unfiltered Night Talk with the original king of unconventional conversation. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Good evening, dear listener. We are live. It's two minutes past 11. This is the Late Night Alternative with me, Ian Lee, on Talk Radio. And with time to change, one in four of us will fight a mental health problem this year. Having a mate in your corner can make all the difference. Search Time to Change to Find Out More. So, I hope you enjoyed um, Johnny Rogan. Um, I'm going to be honest, we got in about just after 10, just after 10 o'clock, we were just after the show started. That was cutting in a little bit fine. I do apologise. We went to see Hair at the Vaults in London. Oh! Oh, it was good.
good. Oh, it was good. Oh, it was really good. I love it. I love it. Those those kids can sing. I'd forgotten just how bleak. Uh, spoiler alert, it's a 50-year-old play for crying out loud. So what? The mousetrap is older than that, and I'm not allowed to tell you who did it. I know who did it, even though I've never seen it. I've forgotten. It's a bleak ending. They're singing Let the Sunshine In, and it, I've forgotten just how bleak it was. But uh, here we go. Round of applause. Bravo. Bravo. Everybody involved in that production, bar one. No, I'm joking. Everybody. So, the show is here. It is live. Um, we are streaming on Periscope. If you want to watch it, you can type into your computer, Periscope. Dot TV slash Ian Lee, I-A-I-N-L-E-E. You can listen to us on DAB or download the Talk Radio app. Tonight we're going to do something... We're going to do the same old rubbish. Don't worry about that. But we're going to try something a little bit different. We tried it a bit last night, and I've been kind of thinking, well, maybe we could do something with this. So it's a phone-in show, right? And I know we've got lots of new people listening and watching. Hello. And if you're listening and watching around the world... Stay tuned. I can tell you how you can get involved. So the way this normally works is I will sit here and I will talk rubbish. um, And uh, you can call in 0344... 499 1000 0344 499 1000 free from most uh, calls most uh, uh, may cost you pennies we call you back but I've set up a Skype for the show um, and here it is. Are you ready? I've not turned it on yet, so just hold your horses. You can Skype us from anywhere in the world. And the name you need to add is Late Night Alternative. I'm going to say something that only old women say. All one word. Late Night Alternative. And we're gonna, we'll try it tonight. And we'll see if it if it works, and uh, we'll we'll have a little play. But it does mean because I know we've got listeners all around the world that uh, are jealous that um, Britain, as a queen who disrespects the troops by not uh, laying a wreath at the cenotaph, that's I think is um, we'll discuss that at a later. Let me just take this. Hey, line one, you're on the air. Hi. Um, I just no, <laughs> no. I, here's the thing, guys. I have an excellent radar uh, for when someone's going to do something naughty. I just, I have, I've been doing this for twenty years. I have an, an excellent. No, I can just sense when someone's going to do something naughty. I should say as well. If you are new to this and you do phone in or you do Skype in, and I'll turn Skype on in a second. Um, we operate. With a seven-second delay. Now, what that means is you can phone up and you can swear and you can say something silly if you want, right? No one will hear it apart from me, Sam and Kath. They're the people that work on the show with me. No one will hear it because what I'll do is I'll cut you off, I'll press the dump button and it won't get broadcast. So, yeah, phone up and have fun. Phone up and try and catch me out. Phone up and prank me. But if you're just going to phone up and swear... It, it it won't it won't go out on the radio, so you, you, you're wasting your time. Um, Skype is open if you want to try that. Late night alternative, um, or you can call oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. If you do Skype and I miss it, uh, um, I may be on another call. I may be doing something else. I may even be ignoring it. Um, but uh, keep trying, and we will get back to you. Or you, I don't know. I, here's, a, here's the thing. Oh, here we go. Here's our first. Um, here's our first uh, Skype. Hello, caller. Hello, hello. Morning, yeah. Hello. Yes, you're on the air, son. Okay, so I would like to talk about 
uh, the recent problems of terror attacks in uh, Britain, if that would be okay for you. Sure, that'd be great. Well, what I realise is, is that we don't have a proper... What's your accent? Oh, it's Welsh and English a little bit. It's what, an English? It's a little bit of Welsh. No, it's it's not. How old are you, sir? Uh, I'm 15, sir. Fifteen? Well, why are you why are you putting on a voice if you're fifteen? You're speaking your normal voice. Okay, man. There we so go. Got, Come on, dude. That's me. what we. I got because I got you. Because that right, was terrible. Right, you, got, you, got you don't really want to right. talk about the terror attacks. Well, I just have like an idea on how we can lower them. No, you, no, you you don't want to talk about the terror attacks. You're fifteen. Why are you worrying about the terror attacks? You should be phoning up to talk about art or music or Xbox or movies well, or that, girls or boys or whatever. Terrorism be more important than talking about Xbox and music, though. No, but you you but but if if it really were more important, and I'm not saying it is, and I'm not saying it isn't then you would have used your own voice to start with. So the fact yeah. that you've used a different voice, and it was a terrible accent, the fact that you yeah, use an I accent, it, well, and fair play, I'm going to give you three out of ten for effort, but the fact that you've <laughs> used an accent means that you don't want to make a serious point about it. So don't, don't, we don't have to talk, we don't have to talk about it. Why don't we talk about something exciting, something life-enriching? Why don't we talk about something that makes us feel better about being hu- lonely uh, uh, human beings on this piece of rock that is spinning through the universe. Our life is ultimately pointless and meaningless. And the best thing we can hope for, caller, the best thing we can hope for is to die at an old age. That's it. That's the best we can hope for. You're going to die. I'm going to die. We are all going to die. So why would you want to waste any of this precious, precious life talking about stuff that... You don't really want to talk about you feel you should because it's a phone-in radio show. And also, whatever you say isn't going to have any impact on it whatsoever. Mm. Okay, and he hung up. There we go, you see. He didn't want to talk about recent terror attacks. Of course he didn't want to talk about the recent terror attacks. First of all, what recent terror attacks? And secondly, why? I don't want 15-year-old um, young men and women phoning up speech. Is this, what we, is this what we've become? A world where 15-year-old young men and women phone up speech radio stations to talk about terror attacks? We are better as a species than this. Sure, listen, life goes by like that. I was with my mum today. I've not seen her for a while. I missed her birthday last week because I was away, and I was with my mum, and bless her, she's very ill with MS, and she's... I had to go because I had to sort out these bloody payments and things, and I took her out for a coffee, and we sat for a coffee, and she told me that she'd had a letter from someone, a, fr- a relative, saying that Auntie Anna died. Now, I thought Auntie Anna died quite a long time ago, and then she told me that she had... um she then phoned up her mum. She said, I phoned up my mum because I thought she should know because um, um, it would be um, uh, best to tell Grandad. And I said, Mum, you know that Nan died about 15 years ago. And um, it just bro- it broke my heart. And life is so precious and is so short. So don't phone in to talk about um, terror attacks unless you really, really want to. We've got a caller on the Skype. Hello, caller on the Skype. Hi, Ian. It's... 
Bruce from Australia. Hello, Bruce from Australia. How, do you want to see my big sellotape? I haven't spoken to you for many years. Hey, I had a message about you the other day, bizarrely enough. What was it? Someone sent me a message saying, I used to really hate that caller Bruce on LBC. Are you completely serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm absolutely serious. Someone sent me out. Hang on, let me see. It was. It might have been a Facebook message. Let me see. Yeah, if I... you're really serious. I'm, I'm absolutely serious. I had a mess. I'm not spoken to you for years, and I had a message. Hang on. Um... By the way, you blocked me for comments on your Facebook. Can you please unblock me for that? Well, hang on. What comments did you put on my Facebook? I don't know. I've always actually been quite nice to you. you no, you're, you're, you're a actually, bit. Uh... No, you're a bit of a dick. I, I am, but I've, I've I've improved a bit though. Um, well, uh, uh, I don't know how to unblock someone from Facebook. That's all right. I'll just make a fake account. Okay, fine. There we but, go. Uh, but, but just so the listeners know, you know that Ian's on prime time on Australian TV every uh, week hey, in Australia. T- tell, tell them about it, buddy. I'm a big star over there. No, he, he seriously is. Um, there, there's a chan- there's a channel called Channel, channel Seven. Yep. Uh, which is uh, pretty big, and he's actually on this uh, channel hosting a program about dogs on YouTube. Yep. Um, and it literally is the top-rating yeah. program in Australia. It, most they nice. show it over here, and it does quite well over here. But in Australia, sometimes it's the number. Didn't it replace a cookery program or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. It replaced uh, it replaced my kitchen rules, <laughs> which was going down I'm the pan. Guys. I know this is honestly this is true. I'm number one in Australia. Imagine that, Bruce. I'm actually in bed. I promise I'm not going to do anything silly. Um, I, I'm actually in bed. I've just woken up. Right. Um, and um, uh, can people see the video? No, because it, well, no, they can't. And also, it's a black screen, so I can't see you. I don't, I've got my finger over the thing. Well, no one can see. Only but I, I my, can my, see. It. I'll just, I'll just show you. I'm actually in bed. I'm not naked or anything. So here I am in bed, and then the dog's over there. He's having a bit of a snooze. Um, you look, what? you look like all of the League of Gentlemen put together in one. Thanks, Ian. I appreciate it. Absolute um, pleasure. Yeah, Thanks you, for calling. So um, that's how it works. We could be onto something with this. We could be onto something with the Skype. We've had, we've had a call from a knob from Australia. And <laughs> let's take a quick break, shall we, dear listener? Um, so the, the Skype, if you want to add it, uh, is Late Night Alternative. This is the Late Night Alternative with me, Ian Lee, on Talk Radio and with Time to Change. Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. If um, anyone wants a bit of sexy fun, go on Periscope, cast eating a banana. <laughs> we should do it pay per view. That's what we need. Go on, eat that banana, girl. Um, 0344 499 1000, or you can uh, Skype um, late night alternative. Um, if we answer it, that's great. If we don't answer it, then then that's, you know, maybe try a little bit later on. Um, I want to take one of these calls. Good evening, Nathan. Nathan, that's... Uh, hello. Yeah, uh, no. See, here's the thing. <laughs> Remember what your pseudonym is, pranksters. <laughs> exactly. If you could come on with a fake name, right... Try and remember the fake name between the three minutes of you saying it to Sam and then me saying it on air, all right? It's that simple. Evening, Dennis. Good evening, Ian. You're back to normal again, I see. I have a suspicion that you actually died in 2009 and this is a recording. Or they've had... Shut up. Shut up, you rude old man. Or your wife had you stuffed... 
and she's got a little tiny plastic disc in your chest and she has to pull a piece of string and you just come out with the same tired old phrases. Is that correct? She's threatened to put me in an egg timer when I've been cremated. You've done that joke thrice before. At least. I know, but I just want to tell you, in a few days' time, my eldest boy will be retiring at 65. (laughs) I'll be living old age pensioners. Live as long as you can, Bray. Live as long as you can and enjoy everything. Thank You've been a great old guy in the past. I'll pull your leg in, in, on and on and on. OK. And leave you Cathy alone. Anyone know, you get does, on. does anyone know what he's talking about? Yeah, leave Cathy alone. I understood yes. that bit. Thank you, Dennis. And have a, have a nice holiday. Uh, oh. Yeah, OK. It's Next not, time you go. Don't, because I've, I've spent the afternoon with my mum and she was, I was saying she was talking about how she'd recently phoned up my nan to tell her that Aunt, uh, Auntie Anne had died. And I said... You know, Nan died 15 years ago. Oh, I can see her getting upset. And I was just, oh, so, anyway, what did she say? Well. Uh-huh. Um, but then we're coming back, and um, I, she was in the wheelchair, and there were these old people, you, you know, <laughs> coming towards us, and they very kindly moved over so we could get through. And she went, everywhere around here is full of bloody pensioners. I said, Mum, you're 67. You're, a, you're, you're literally an OAP. Listen, my grandma says that, and she's 93. Yeah. She talks about old people. Uh, you don't realise when it's you. Um, let's try... Um, we've got, I've got some missed calls. The joy of doing this is I can ring people back. Um, so let's try giving uh, this one a call. Um, late night alternative, if you want to Skype in. You're welcome to try it. I think this could be the future, because it sounds great. You might, if you're Skyping in, you might struggle to hear Kath. That's no bad thing. No. Okay, they're not. Um, let's try this one. Sounds the same. This was different. If you Skype in and use um, video Skype, you can see, you'll be able to see my um, giant sellotape, which I've got down by my feet. Good evening, Gary. Good evening. Uh, I'm a prankster and my name is Dave. Um, I wondered, I was just using this technology to prank a UK-based radio station. It sounds like you're calling us from the 1930s. Well, I'm I'm putting on my late-night posh voice. Are you on a 78 RPM record? Uh, yes. That would explain it, Gazzatola. Um, I just um, wondered, if I wrote a book and got it published, could I come on the show as a guest? Um, what's it about? What do you want? Oh. You you pick the topic, I'll write the book, then I'll come on the show as a guest, yeah? That, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much how it works, isn't it, Kath? Pretty yeah. much. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll even give Kath my email address so she doesn't have to waste time chasing me down and stuff. No, seriously, it's fine. Um, Gatford, you know, you know Skype, right? Someone else is ringing in now. Uh-huh. How, how do I add them to this call? Um, the problem is Skype has changed up versions so yeah. many times. I'm not really sure. Right, there, there should be an option. To... He's, he's gone then. He's no use to me. No, I wanted to add him to the call that was coming in then. But if it's a choice between him and the new one, he's gone. Mm-hmm. He's gone. Uh, <laughs> I'm just accepting these uh, all these contact requests. Um, gosh, lots of look. There's lots of people. Evening caller. Evening. You all right? Evening. <laughs> Uh, to add another call, you'll get like when somebody else is ringing in, you will get two arrows going into one, uh, and then I that means I, that I you didn't get that. Me. I didn't get that. What I got was another call came up, and um, 
it, um, I, I could take what that new call, but it would put the first call on hold. What I love about this is not only Kyle's um, gestures, because he did like two fingers into one, <laughs> yeah. but also Kyle's cardigan. That is a treat, Kyle. It's Catherine, it's not Catherine, it's not a card, it's... Uh, it's, it's a dressing a, gown! It's a lady's dressing gown, which, I'm, uh, which I'm known for wearing. He's going, He's tra- going tra- trans. Very trendy. Very trendy. It takes a real man to wear a lady's dressing gown. Nothing, nothing wrong with it. Well, um, Kyle, you, you called. Would you like to... Oh, hang on, I've lost you. Hang on a minute. Would you like to um, see my giant sellotape? I would, nothing would give me greater pleasure. I'm going to hide it from the viewers on Periscope. Size of that. Size of that, Kyle. Look at the size of that, Kyle. That's a good few inches, isn't it? Isn't it? Look at the suck at the girth on it. There we go, just putting that down there. You can only see that if you phone up via Skype using the video feature. Yeah, if you want to see Ian's girth certificate. Hey, Catherine Boyle. I know the lingo. Wowzers. Well, I'd, uh, a couple of things for you, Ian, yes. if that was all right. Yes. Uh, one is next week. It, I, I can't believe I did this last year. Um, it flashed up on my iPad oh. that next week is the anniversary of when you my... went nuts. I have gone nuts. I've yes. gone negative. Um, tastes like food. Oh, oh. Like... those are the days. Leslie doesn't call us anymore, does he? No. Hey, I tell you, who I was talking to on Twitter. Fo- hashtag Fossil Friday. Shut <gasps> up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He liked a tweet of mine this morning. Yeah, so I tweeted him. Colin. I, Colin, Hull- Colin, he used to phone the other place to talk about fossils. Very boring man. And what? he tweet- He got involved in a Twitter conversation I was having with Justin. And um, He's firmly in their camp, Yeah, and he? I said, why don't you call my show anymore? And he went, oh, oh it's on too late for me. I need my beauty sleep. Now, anyone that says they need their beauty sleep is a very dull person. And, he, and he looks like Mr Magoo, so a bit light. He looks like... Um, if, if Mr Magoo um, were a sex offender... <laughs> Flipping it! That's what he looks you know, like. <laughs> you know, he does ring me about three times a week, don't you know? And I've inherited him from you, kind of. Good. Oh. He's, he's, Stops well. him ringing us. Stops him ringing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what, hang on, did we get to your point? Uh, no, I was going to ask you, but I've got... Did I miss the Sam Fox question last night? I've got one. Oh, well, well we can. We, we did try the, to do the Sam Fox quiz last night, but we'll do the Sam Fox quiz tonight, yes. If bring it, Kyle, bring it. It was the Sam Fox quiz. What's your question? OK, so... Uh, uh, she was a big star in 1982, but how much? How much did she insure her breasts for? A million pounds. Not a million each. Oh, Catherine! I, <laughs> I said it. I, you t- I said it. What are you talking about? I said million pounds each. But of course, if she was going to be accurate, she should insure one for slightly less because no one's completely <laughs> symmetrical. Did you send out that Sam Fox box set? Yes. No thanks yet. Um, okay, so that's how it's going to work tonight. We'll try and make the whole I sent show. Sent with a comp slip saying, "Enjoy your Sam Fox box." <laughs> we'll try and make um, the, the, the whole show not be us going. Well, this this is. Can you see me? This is working. Um, but if you want to call in, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. If you're calling in from anywhere around the world, even the United Kingdom, you can Skype late night. Alternative. Um, I'm, I tell you what I'm going to do is I won't call out because it's quite boring. Just me, you hearing the ringing tone. Um, so if once you hear a call has ended, uh, uh, you can Skype in or you, if you because of the delay, if you sense the call is coming to an end, then you can Skype in and I'll I'll, I'll take you next if um, if that's the way it goes. But I, I wish I could work out how to put two calls together. That would be um, that would be just um, that would be magic. That'd be magic, wouldn't it? Well, there's always going to be flaws in new technology. 
So here's the thing. I've just finished the um, book about Scott Walker and the Walker Brothers. And um, I've, of course, I've, I've shared a stage with Scott Walker. Me, Jarvis Cocker and Scott Walker are on stage together. You're pulling a face as though... Three big voices. Two big voices. Well, you're right. Jarvis's is quite nasally. Um, but um, it was a very tiny stage. There were three men on it. I was one of them. The other two were Jarvis Cocker and Scott Walker. Who was the tallest? Um, I think it was me. I think Scott Walker. I've got I've got it on video somewhere. It, I, I've kept meaning to get it and put it on um, YouTube. I think Scott Walker made a speech, and I don't really get Scott Walker. Okay, I, I, I certainly don't get his new stuff because it's 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 awful, right? Um, and I do like reading biographies about people that I don't really necessarily like or necessarily know a lot about. So I've read this book and I've really really enjoyed it, and I've. Gone, I've done gone to a couple of songs. I think someone's getting undressed. Sound of a pervert. Who is, hello, Chuck. How uh, the partner? Sorry. How uh, the partner? Gosh. Have you been in a car accident? I'm in a very precarious uh, situation. Did you get my message? What? I didn't get your message, Chuck. No. What was okay? What, what was your, what was the precarious situation? Well, I've sent the message over Skype. I hope it come through. <laughs> uh, let's have a little look here. What's it saying? <laughs> Ian, not a laughing matter. Share with the class, please. Can I have a look? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god, that sounds uh, do you perilous. Me, do you want me to read it? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead. There. Uh, indeed, Tabo. You help. You're my only hope, damn man. <laughs> <laughs> what? What's going on, Chuck? What, what's happening, Chuck? What's up, Chuck? I'm in. I'm currently uh, hiding in my bunker. Because I had to break it to you. But uh, all the Giacomoli aliens have landed. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be very, very, very quiet, actually. Are you sure they can't feel your vibrations? Not a laughing matter, actually. I'm, I'm laughing. We laugh when we're, when we're afraid. Nervous. Yes, yeah, don't nervous. we, Josh? It doesn't have to be funny to make us laugh. We laugh when we're afraid. What the hell is going on? First of all, how long have you had a bunker for and what's down there? Apart from you. Just uh, a lot of cans of beans and some uh, and a bed. Some what? Bad. Bed. Sorry. I hope you've got yeah. some ventilation down there. So tell me about what happened then. What, 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 was, what, was, what happened with the, um, the aliens? When did you first get know. suspicious? I don't know if it's uh, on the news yet, but, uh, oh, blimey, Charlie, I was uh, in uh, Washington, and, uh, Oklahoma, and uh, big flyer, big flying saucer uh, <laughs> came flying uh, over. What did it look like, Chuck? Well, like um, a Frey Bentos pie, actually. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. No, they can look like that. Don't laugh. You next. Oh, Jesus. And then yeah, all on. these uh, 
little uh, green men started running out and saying, we're going to uh, bum you. Oh! And, uh, <laughs> I was kind of scared about that. So I what? went into my bunker. They're quite colloquial, just... these green men, aren't they? Well, I don't know why they said that, but... Uh, did you hear what the so green men said, Ian? No, what did they say? I'm going to bum you. <laughs> so I... See, normally they call it probe, don't they? But they've obviously got sh- they've got intelligence. I shouted hot dog and I ran in my bunker and I'm just waiting out the storm now. Duck Can and you cover. Ring, ring uh, Donald Trump and let him know. Um, now look, hang on a minute. Do you want us to phone Donald Trump? Yeah, let's do it. Yes, please. Okie dokie. Uh, where does he? He lives in the White House. Well, he? no, not really. Mar-a-Lago or Trump Tower. Trump. Go, ring a golf course. Let's phone Mar-a-Lago phone number. Okay, we'll give. We'll phone. Hang on. Right. Okay. D- d- stay there, Chuck. You can. You can tell him. You can, I'm going to call the president. Okay. Okay. Three, two. two. What time is it there? Well, it doesn't matter, does it? What time is it there? Crisis. Hang on. We can ask him. What time is it there, Chuck? Um, I haven't actually got a clock in my bunker, so it's out of time. Okay, listen. You, you're calling it's up Mar-a-Lago. Reception main. Okay. This call is being recorded. Oh. If you do not oh. wish to be recorded, please disconnect at this time. Please hold while um. I try to connect you. It's up to Christ. you, Chuck. Over to you, Chuck. Good evening, Mar-a-Lago Club Security. How can I help you? Right. Uh, I'll say my code now. Cold, cold word. Um, Jack and Nori. Um... I'd like to be put through to the big guy, please. Um, that's not going to happen, sir. What kind of level of security do you need, partner? Um, I don't need anything. Have a great day. No, no, no it's big news. You can't be... Gosh, was that Chuck Winkle talking to Chuck Winkle? <laughs> well, that didn't bloody work. No, he didn't respect your authority. Um, hang on a second. Let's try Trump Tower. Trump. Yeah, maybe he's not in. Tower. Was that the White House you just read? That was Mar-a-Lago. Mar-a-Lago. That's the, what he calls the Winter White House. Um, oh, where he plays a lot of golf. Um, uh, here we go. Here we go. Is it zero zero one? Yeah. I mean, really, they should be calling us by now. We've said the code words. Yeah, it's surprised you didn't go for the code word. Jack and Larry. Mm. Yeah. Say it again. She, she, triggering she, all kinds. Here we go. So it's phoning um, Trump Town now. Here we go. Uh-huh. It's up to you, Chuck. Over to you. Hang on, it's just ringing. The person you have dialed can't take your call oh. now. At the oh. phone, please record your message. Leave a message. When you are finished recording, simply hang up or press the pound key for further options. Right, uh, howdy, partner. It's uh, Chuck Winko from the American News Yes, Please phone, Network. I'm sure you've heard of me. Uh, just... recording, simply hang up <laughs> or press His the inbox key might be full. for further options. How rude. Try again. Go. Try again. Our partner, Jack Amoli. It's uh, Chuck Winkle from the American News. Now, uh, yes, please, network, with some breaking news for the big guy. I'm sure we'd like to hear about it. We have big news indeed. Uh, aliens are bloody landed, so uh, get, get tell him a uh, bit urgent, and I'm currently bunkering down. God bless. Let's try one more. <clears throat> Let's try one Thanks. more. Cause, and then um, we'll, uh, we'll uh, just disappear. Uh- Yes, just trying to raise awareness. I know, I know. And we're oh, trying you're to certainly help. doing that. Let's try to. Um, this is another number for Trump Tower. So you, 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 you just try this. <clears throat> Hope it works. 
I'm sorry. But the oh, God. Has a voicemail box. Yeah. Do you know what I think? Yeah. You triggered this, the code word. He's already on it. He's, he's bunkering down. Let's try one more I... number. Oh, God, that. I think they're at the door. Oh, I got a disagreement. Don't worry, we can do this. Don't open the door, Chuck. Oh, oh God. D- Chuck? I don't want to be bummed, thank you very much. Right, OK, if we could all look along, because there's someone at the door. No, I got, don't go anywhere. Oh, OK. <laughs> oh, dear me. They're not inside, are they? The you, door? You. <laughs> Oh dear. Oh. You okay, Chuck? Oh, uh, Sorry. Hang on a second. It's like he doesn't want to know the truth, Chuck. Um let's try. This is the last one we're gonna try. What do you want from me? Stay with us, Chuck. <laughs> Stay with us, what Chuck. We're want? phoning we're going straight to the top. We're phoning the White House. It's where we should have dialed originally. It's the oh. White House. Away you go. <sighs> Thank you for calling the White House comment line. Oh. Oh, the office dear. is closed. Your comment is important to the president. But not that Please important. I'm sure it bloody is. hours of 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. E- Hang on. Like, last one. four, not even five. What a lazy kid. No, I know, I know. But they're not bloody. They'll realise that they're bloody. They'll make you UFO in here. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Last one. Last one. Good luck, Chuck. I got in peace. For quality and training purposes, this call may be monitored but will not yeah. be recorded. Come on, come on, come on. Uh, come on, come on, come on. Thank you for calling the White House comment line. Oh, no, bloody Dara. Your comment is important to the president. Please call back between the hours oh. of 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. It looks like you're going to have to do this on your own, Chuck. Oh, God. Yeah, right, I'll take one from America then. <laughs> Just the one. Good luck, Chuck. Take care. Oh, that's up there. Bye-bye. Here we they're not um, going to find anything up there. No, they're not going to find anything. This is the Late Night Alternative with me, Ian Lee, on Talk Radio. And with Time to Change, one in four of us will fight a mental health problem this year. Having a mate in your corner can make all the difference. Search Time to Change to find out more. The radio show for people who know the best part of the day is the night. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. I'm three four four. 499-1000 is the um, telephone number if you want to give us a call. Uh, you can um, Skype Late Night Alternative and Marty. Someone, Marty is saying, I just sent you a screenshot on Skype as to how you can add another call to the call you're already on. Um Marty, is that you from Vancouver? Because I don't see it, dude. I, I don't see, uh, I certainly don't see that image that you uh, claim to have uh, sent me. So uh, um, I'm unable to help with that. Um, so listening to, reading about Scott Walker, and every now and then I would, I've ordered Scott one. Um, I don't think he's the genius that everyone says he is, uh, but that, the, the, there's something about that voice that is, mm-hmm. is quite magical, but I just don't really buy into it. Um, but I would listen to... Every now and then I'd read about a song in the book and I'd go, oh, I'll check it out online. And there's a great song called Lines, which is a great song. Very strange band, the Walker Brothers. The drummer couldn't drum. So he would mime and they'd have someone behind the curtain playing because he couldn't drum. But they were, they were just... He had paid for them all to come to the UK. Never had a hit in the States. 
Didn't they? No, no, no. They're all Americans. They came over here, never had um, a, a, a hit in the States, and um, a very, very peculiar band. But one of their songs, I can't stop playing it, and I'll play it in a minute. Hello, Dan. Oh, jeez. That's not Dan, that's Rupert Murdoch. G'day, Ian. How are you doing? Oh, God, the mouth moves. <laughs> very, very well, Rupert. Sir. I've just been listening to your show this evening. Yes. I was just wondering, Ian, you're not making me any money tonight, are you? Not tonight, sir. No, sir. What? I, I put these special lines in. <laughs> and um, the thing I was wondering, right, are you Kenny Masters? I don't think I'm Kenny Masters. Who's I'm, Kenny Masters? I don't know who Kenny Masters is. <clears throat> I'm very shocked by that revelation, Ian. Uh-oh. Did you think I was Kenny Masters and that's why you gave me the job? I did think you might be Kenny Masters. I've seen you holding your big wrench. I know. Yes, thank you, sir. Well, um, sorry, we'll, we'll try and make some more money for you, sir. I think that's quite important. You've got, um, you've got a good sponsor there, Ian. I'm proud to support this charity. Thanks very much indeed. Um, there must be a way, and Matthew Stevenson, if you're listening, is there a way that I can somehow stream the video footage from the Skype calls on Periscope? It won't be on Periscope. It'll be something like a Google Hangout. Just have a little think about that, Matthew. So, um, yeah, reading this book about Scott Walker, man, I, I knew very little about And I, I like the enigma. I like the myth. Mm-hmm. Not so keen on the music. But Sun Ain't Gonna Shine Anymore is a, is a great song. There's no that. But this song, No Regrets, right? I'm aware of it. I've always been aware of it. Because they, they got back together in the 70s. And it was a very weird reunion where they did two sort of half-assed reunion albums. Then did an avant-garde album. Very strange band. Um, and they would play working men's clubs, right? At the height of their fame, they'd go and play... Because he didn't want to do... Scott Walker didn't want to do big shows and things. So they'd just go and play in working men's clubs to get the money. And he would he would refuse to sing any of the hits. Isn't that oh. weird? But the song, No Regrets, is... Now, you know it, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't know it. You don't know it. Well, I, I do know it. But no, but no, no, no. You, you know, there's no regrets. There's no regrets. You know that bit. But you don't... The song itself is one of the most... Lush, m- moving, miserable pieces. It's all about people that are split up, and he's glad that they've split up. Yeah, I listened to it again for the first time in ages today, and there was a lyric that I hadn't noticed before. Yeah, go on. I bet you know it's one. We'll only cry. Yeah, and then and the, oh no, the one I the one I sing was don't want you back. Don't I'd, want you back. I heard no, I'd heard that before. We'd only cry, and I thought that was the end, but he says. And again, or something. Yeah, yeah. What, what I'm going to do... Meaning, if we get back together again, we're going to be back here in, like, two weeks. We're going to have a break. Right. I forgot what time I did that second read. It was about 11.36, I think. Okay. Um, we'll have a break, and we come back, and we're going to play No Regrets. It's quite a long song. Right. And I, 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 I thoroughly suggest that you do it... Uh, you, if you've got headphones on, that'd be great. If you can lie down in the dark, that would be awesome. Um, if you can just, just if you're doing something, if you're reading, if you're making, if you're washing, whatever, just try and stop. We'll have some adverts. We'll come back and we'll go and play No Regrets by the Walker Brothers. Try and be completely present because honestly, it's a sound unlike anything I've ever heard. I've never really paid it any attention. This is the Late Night Alternative with me, Ian Lee, on Talk Radio with Time to Change. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. 
Evening, dear listener. Don't call in for the next five minutes or so. I want to share a piece of music with you. It's quite a long piece. Five minutes, 39. It's the Walker Brothers. Um, so they were big in the 60s. Then they split up, and Scott Walker went off and did, had some hit records and then didn't. The others didn't. Then they got back together again and they in the mid-70s, and they had this hit. Now, it, it, it's a song that you'll know. I thought... It's a song that you think you know, but you don't know it. I believe the kids would call this as a red pilling. I'm about to red pill you. Right? This song is incredible, OK? Listen to um, the strings... Listen to Scott Walker's voice. There's a and listen to the harmony. John Walker, not real name. John is doing the harmonies, right? It is the bleakest. Have a listen to this. I can't describe it. I think this is absolutely wonderful. Right here we go.
strange faces, a new place, and keep the ghosts away. Now just beyond the darkest hour, and just behind the dawn, it still feels so strange to leave my life alone. I couldn't stop listening to that yesterday. I got home. I got. I, I, I just had it on repeat because I kept, I kept hearing new things. That voice, that really subtle harmony that you don't pick out. That bit, boom, 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 boom. That bit, the um, steel guitar at the beginning and at the end. The strings, that guitar solo, which again John Walker didn't play, but he'd mime it on television, and they'd have someone behind the curtain playing it for real. It, it's just. It, <laughs> it's just an amazing five minutes and 39 of music. And at its peak, it's massive. Oh, and yeah. then all of a sudden, gone. Yeah, isn't gone. It? I love it. 03444991000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. You can Skype Late Night Alternative. I'm, I'm fiddling away trying to... Matthew has, has, has he think, found out a way that I can stream the um, video from the Skype, but it's a, it's a little bit fiddly. I've just downloaded... Um, uh, a computer program, and I will have a little look at it during the news to see if we can get that to work. That means if you're watching on youtube.com slash rabbit hole, you'll be able to see the Skype callers. But just give me until after midnight to give that um, a go. 
if you wouldn't mind. Thank you very much. Indeed. It'd be good if aliens did come down. Oh, it'd make things a well, bit more interesting, wouldn't it? Here's my theory. I don't think aliens will come down. I think they'll come across. I think um, that they are amongst us operating um, on a different dimension. Here's the thing. Hello. Right? Why are we expecting them to be humanoid? We're not. They might be tiny. We're not. We're not. They could be... I reckon they've been here all, for ages. Well, they could be huge. I don't know if you've seen the uh, television series Land of the Giants, where the humans landed on... A, uh, well, they went to Land of the Giants. Yeah. So they were tiny. And everyone else was massive, like a cat would eat them or something. Well, they might be those, um, what they called, them, them creatures that live on your skin. Lilliput. Lilliputians. No, the other ones. Crabs. No, the real ones. Crabs are real. Would you, would you take a minute, would you? Hey, speaking of which... Oh, there's a... There's Tardigrades. A, there's a fake, Tardigrades. a fake story. Fake, fake news. Hang on a second. Where was it? The sun. Where was it? Fake news. Surely not in the sun. A stunned couple chased off a snarling badger with a broom after finding it sitting on their landing. Right, well, we know that badgers don't exist. Well. And there's, there's, what that is, it's obviously a picture of a toy badger stood atop the stairwell. That's what that is. Why would they fake that, these weirdos? A snarling badger? Graham Rate, 74, thought it was a cuddly toy left by their grandchildren until it started moving. As he got closer... The badger bared its teeth and snarled. So Graham called wife Hazel, 73... she sorted it out. <laughs> ..who chased it down the stairs and out of the house in Kettering, Northlands, with her broom. Pictured right, and there is a picture of the broom. Um, One. But, but, Why has she got a broom upstairs? You know, um, sex games. Maybe she's got one of those machines. Graham said, I was gobsmacked. He was just sitting there. So were you, you lazy old git. You got your missus to chase yeah, it out. Like it was a big spider. Y- yes, yes, they're riddled with um, tuberculosis if they actually existed, which they don't, but... Um, Isn't it bovine tuberculosis? Whatever, So unless mate. you've got udders, you're fine. Um, so you'd be in trouble. <gasps> um, really, I'm digging music at the moment. I, I stopped listening to music for a bit and I'm digging it. I go through phases where I can't uh, listen to music cause it's too much. Oh, I'm digging it. I'm really digging it. I'm really I'm really digging The Who at the moment. Oh, what a great band The Who are. What a great band. And stupidly, I've only seen them live twice. And I'm thinking, why? I saw them in 89 when they were a bit ropey. And then I saw them at Live 8. Um, but I should have... Why didn't I go and see them on their last tour? What, what was I think? Why didn't I go on their last tour? What an idiot. I saw them at Live 8. Yeah. My parents have always gone on about them because they used to go and see them in the 1970s. Yeah. When they were loud. Yes. My parents have always told about, talked about how if you're in a Who concert, you could feel the music going through your chest. It was so loud. Yeah. They, well, they, they, exactly. I mean, they're not quite like that now. But, and, and, you know, but they still... Um, they still put on a bloody good show. No, actually, I saw half of Quadrophenia at the, the Royal Albert Hall after I introduced them, of course, guys. But um, It's not I, the same from the side of the stage, is it? Um, why didn't I go and see them? I don't, I, I, what's an idiot? Sometimes I'm a real idiot. I'm a real stupid, dumbass... Um, I, I nearly said nonce there. I'm not... I'm not I am definitely not a nonce. A knob. Knob. No, well, even that's a little bit... Um, dear listener, we have another hour of this nonsense to go. Um, I'm going to um, pause Skype 
So you won't be able to call. I'm going to make that that we are offline. But you can still phone in 0344 499 1000. You can send us your contact requests on Skype. I'll get those. You are listening to a very unique radio show. This is The Late Night Alternative with me, Ian Lee, her Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio with Time to Change. Don't forget, one in four of us will fight a mental health problem this year. Having a mate in your corner can make all the difference. We'll have more on this tomorrow as well, so keep listening. Uh, search Time to Change to find out more. You're listening to Talk Radio. Talk Radio. 03444991000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Here's a message from the Haters Club. Dedicated to is the telephone number. If you... Oh, hang on a second. I've got to stop. I don't know where to start. Because I might get to swear everyone. There we go. Let's go to uh, Mr. Olbers. Good evening, Mr. Olbers. Uh, hey, yeah. how are you? you I'm, right? I'm good, thank you, ma'am. What have you got for us? Well, 
Um, I don't know if you remember on Monday, I said to you I uh, had to go to see Blade Runner 2049. Yes. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And I kind of was regretting it because I watched the first one and uh, I didn't want to see it. Yes. Well, I've just come out of the cinema now. Yes. And can I please have three hours of my life back? Oh, was it, re- was it really that dull? It was worse than the first. Oh, mate, you're joking. And that makes it even more hard to swallow. Oh, what a nightmare, because the first one is as dull as anything. (laughs) It was so bad, I'm laughing. Well, well, honestly. Oh, man, I feel, part of me feels sorry for you, but part of me thinks, well, it serves you right, you muppet. Well, in a way, yeah. It's, it uh-huh. serves you right, you absolute pudding. For, for, why did you have to go? Well, because I, I wanted to be loyal. I don't like letting people down. Right. You know? When you say yes to someone, I like my yes to mean yes. Um, you know? You're, you're, you're a good friend, but you're also, you've got, you got bad friends. Yeah, well, I suppose. But can I just say one other little thing? Yeah, Is go on. Right? Yep. Um, so on Monday, when you rang up on the... Um, American radio channels. Yes. And how happy you were when they responded to you. Yes. And I just wanted to say, that's what it feels like for us. You know, when we call in and then we get that response back. No. That's what it feels like for us. Shut shut up, you pudding. Don't don't be such a pudding. No, when we get a response, it makes it cheers us up. How how about this response? I I saw you on Twitter going how much it cheered you up. Well, how about this response? I'm cutting you off. He's gone. Uh, Good evening, James. Hello, Ian. You all right? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much. I'm going through a a journey of discovering musicals at the moment. I go through these phases. I know it normally starts with seeing seeing a really good one, and then I want to see them all. Yes. But I saw Hair last week, and it was fantastic. Hey, isn't it good? So good. I felt... I'm, I'm only 30, but I felt old. Yeah. I, it, it, and boy, oh boy, isn't it a bleak head? I'd forgotten how bleak it was. Well, I haven't seen the film, and I took my dad, mm. and apparently it's, complete, it's a completely different ending to the film. Oh, the film's rubbish. I mean, it, it, it's probably got the best soundtrack, but it's a, it's a, it's a pretty ropey thing. It's not... The, the, the musical is much better. But it was such an such a intimate venue as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, is it, is it, it was a bit hot, I thought. It was quite hot so in there, I the vault. I was about to say, it was boiling in there. Absolutely. I, I wanted to strip off and join them on stage. Did you get up and have a little boogie at the end? My dad did. Yeah, good. Good. We, <laughs> I, we did. Me, me and Kath did. did. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, we got up and had a go, definitely. <laughs> um, but it's, it's good. I'm, gonna, I'm now going to make Kath um, a compilation of the best versions of all the different soundtracks. Oh, great. Was there a sequel as well? No. Uh, well, there kind of was called Dude, but it's not really a sequel, and um, it's not quite as good, but it's got some good tracks in it. All right. No, I really enjoyed it. I'll def- definitely see that one again. Nice one, point. James. Thank you very much indeed. There you go, you see. 0344 499 is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. Uh, Matthew, we'll try and do this. With, I'm trying to stream the Skype calls, and it's a little bit fiddly, so I'm going to stop because it won't quite let me do it, and we'll try and do that 
tomorrow. Let me turn Skype on. We're just trying this out as an experiment. We get lots of callers around the world. Well, lots of people listening um, around the world. And um, some people want to call and they don't quite know how it's expensive and all that. So we'll try it tonight. We'll try it maybe for the rest of the week. If you want to Skype in then you can do if you Skype a late night alternative. That's all one word, guys. And um, it's coming up on my computer. And if you want to uh, see my um, giant sellotape, I'll let you see my giant sellotape. And um, we we can chat. And it's, it, it, as, as a listening experience, it sound all right to you? I mean, the quality is obviously... The, the quality of the um, uh, of the connection is obviously better. It doesn't necessarily mean the quality of the call is uh, any better. But I'd be keen to hear your thoughts, whether you think it works. I must admit, I got part of me likes the lower quality. I got very upset when LBC went from medium wave to FM about thirteen, about fourteen, fifteen years ago, because it didn't, it just didn't feel as good. I, I, I miss when I bought that radio. When I was going to play the radio um, in the dark, and I bought a radio, and listening to shortwave radio was a joy. Hey, and one of the things about Skype is I can see um, who's calling in. Hello, Luke. Hello. Hello, Luke. Hello, Luke. Hello, Luke. I'm going to close a few windows because I think. So I've got... you're complaining about the rising quality? No, I took the news. I'm going to restart my computer because I, well, I was trying to run a few quite complicated programs there. While we're restarting that, I got your um, present from Marrakesh. <gasps> oh, for me, you shouldn't have. Oh, you didn't. Don't I, shut up, man! Don't be rude. I did. Look at that. I haggled. Well, I haggled for them. Gosh, do they fit? What, over my boots. Well, take your boots off and put, put them on. No, that, that back is flat. I did the same thing when I was um, fingering them. Describe them to the boys and girls listening at home. Well, imagine what um, what Princess Jasmine might wear. Who's that? From from how big do you think my feet are? No, they're beautiful. Thanks. They're um. You've got quite manly feet, haven't you? Well, I have now. Um, if the man's Christopher Biggins. Mate, I was in a <laughs> hot market in a crappy place and I thought, I might as well go and... Uh, Let's get, something, get the old girl something glitzy. I'll, I'll kill an afternoon. I walked through all the, the, I walked through all the souk, souks. Uh, thank you. And um, went and had a look and uh, uh, you should be grateful. I am. Oh, for God. I haggled him. I haggled him. He wanted 150. Duram. And I got him down. Yeah, but it's not just, it's not Duram. It's Moroccan Durams. Right. And then I got him, so I got him down to 50. Is that? Durams. Is that three pounds? I've got no idea. Well, he kept going. What did you, hang on, you paid 50 Duram for your um, sellotape. Oh, yeah, I paid that willingly. That was, that was a bargain. Um, but that, but that, but I got them down for 150. I reckon if my, if my dad had been there, my dad would have got them for 10. He'd got two pairs for hey, 10. Look at these, they're top smart, look. Go on, let's have a look. I've got a hole in my tights, look like Hilda Ogden. There we go. Go it's on. Nazi, isn't they? <laughs> uh, it's nice, though, isn't it? It's glittery. It's good, jewels. Feels like that. He, he said it's real leather. I said, it, I said, he said to me it's real leather. I went, is it F? He says, yeah, very much like something Elton John would slip into at the end of a night. Um. No. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he, said, he said, it's, it, this, this, sir, is, this sir, is, it is real leather. I went, is it F real leather? Yes, it is real leather. So it's not real leather. Is it real leather? I think so. Oh, I better go but back Leather of what? Yes. Um, oh, hello, Ray. Uh, I, uh, they 
look like they're the same foot, though. Yes, well, they probably are. Coming through. Yes, coming through. You're coming through. Coming through, super. I was hoping there'd be video as well, but sadly not. But anyway, you've got to press the video button to activate video. Uh, right, I should give that a press and um, oh Jesus, oh jeez. Right, look well, at you, the state you, of me. Eh? Uh, look at the state of me. Well, you get to look at the sellotape. No one else does. People on Periscope. Oh, that's better. Yeah, come on, show us the sellotape. There you go, you dirty boy. Look at that. Whoa! Look how thick that is. Look, this, that's three fingers. Of sellotape there. You should my 50, lord! You should put fifty p. Grease that, that up. Go on. The... I'm going to put. I put my watch in it. Look, my watch is my watch in it. You see? Oh, they, they saw that on the periscope. They saw that on the periscope. Yeah. Oh, there. Sneaky! Oh, I missed it. Yeah, yeah, well, um, Hannah wants to see a sellotape. Tough, mate. Tough. It's gone. You, you, tough. <laughs> oh, you missed it. Oh, you got, got to put another oh, fifty pence in the slot. I don't know if I like people looking at me now. Actually, we're, now we're, do, we're doing this the Skype thing. Look, they're both looking I, at me I like I a feel, monkey in a I, zoo. I, I can't. I, look I, at I, I can't look at them. Together. I can't look at them. Heather's really. Looking ah! at me. <laughs> I feel a bit weird, bit having the callers be able to look at me. Have you got anything to say, to you two, you. or not? No, just having a look. No? Okay, fine. Um, you know, I mean, I have something to say, guys. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. You can Skype late night alternative. I don't know if this Skype is the, is, is the way to go. I think it's certainly worth. Maybe we have a. I don't know if we do it every night or maybe we have a Skype hour, say on a Thursday. I don't know if there's. Um, maybe we just have it chug, chugging away in the background, and if people want to um, contribute, then uh, they can do. If they don't want to, they don't have to. You are listening to The Late Night Alternative with me, Ian Lee, on Talk Radio, and with our friends, Time to Change. One in four of us is going to fight a mental health problem this year. Having a mate in your corner can make all the difference. Search Time to Change to find out more. The Late Night Lip Service for lovers, loners and lounge lizards. Yeah, well, where, where exactly is your accent from? The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Oh, I've forgotten your name already, excuse me. On Talk Radio. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. You can Skype late night alternative and Rocky. Your tweet, well, your first tweet is dull, and your second tweet is factually and historically incorrect. And I'd be very, very careful because it's libelous. Why don't you call in instead of being the big man on Twitter and making judgments on other people? It's me. It's the fella who, 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 who would get his tongue right up Bill Haley's clock and. <laughs> He's, he's making judgments on the music that I like by by spouting factual. In, he's lying on Twitter, but of course Rocky won't see it as lying because Rocky knows everything. Rocky knows everything. He don't know nothing. That bloke. He don't know nothing. Mute. <laughs> Call in your muppet because you're wrong. You're completely, completely wrong. Oh uh, three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Skype late night alternative. Evening, Paul. All right, Ian. All right, Kath. Hiya. Good. Listen, the bloke who's moaning about the cinema, if a film's pony, you just get up and leave. But he went with a mate. He went with, he went with a mate. He didn't want to let his mate down. He, he, he knows oh, what yeah. loyalty means. You yeah, obviously yeah. don't. I take my old woman to the cinema, and if it's pony, I'll leave her in there, mate. <laughs> wow. I mean, there's so much wrong with that sentence that shows why you, you, you don't understand friendship. Or women. <laughs> Listen, life's too short, mate, to be sitting in the cinema watching cack. Yeah, so you might as well just leave the old woman in there. 
yeah, she wants to see all those rom-coms, mate. She can go with her mates because I'm not sitting there watching. Yeah, but no, that. but some things are more important than, than than that. And and what that caller displayed was was loyalty and friendships. Two things. I'm I'm guessing. Well, I'm I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure don't feature too that, don't no. feature too highly in your life. No, no, no. Anyway, that's terrible. What I, ringing, what I was ringing up for. Yes, Paul. What happened to? Uh, do you remember when Catherine was on holiday and you love-bombed the woman with the piano and you were going to get her on the show? Oh, yeah, we'll get her on the show. Um, uh, yeah. We'll get her on in the next couple of weeks. I'd completely forgotten. Yeah. Jilly, yeah. Was, uh, no, what was yeah. her name? Yeah, she was, she was blinded. Yeah, she um, was really good. We'll get, did, thank you for reminding me. I'm going to write down in my diary to send her an email tomorrow. That's what we'll do. And um, what about the fireworks? Um, all right, mate, why don't you go and produce another radio show, you <laughs> knobber? With his list of demands. Jesus. Um, email Julie. I think that was her name. Um, hello, Luke. Hello, Luke. Hello. Hello, Luke. Is this Luke the Panther? Oi! Yeah. Hey, man, how are you doing? He's gone. (laughs) 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 I mean... Here's the thing. We're, we're, we're not going to be here next Thursday. I apologise, but Boss is making us go to some dumb awards. Um, what they call the Arsias. Arias. The Arias. We've got to go to Leeds. And um, it, uh, we're nominated. What are we nominated for? What am I, no- what am I nominated for? Best speech broadcaster, Yay. non-breakfast. Yay. Who else is in there? Jeremy, Jeremy Vine. Vine. And Pete Price. Pete Price is good. They're all good. Um, so we're not going to win it. But... Um, we're certainly not going to win it if any of the judges maybe haven't quite made their minds up. And there's a week to go. I think, well, let's just listen to some of the shows just to see. But Ian, I quite like Ian Lee. And then they hear, they hear that and go, what is this rubbish? Mm-hmm. Oh, forget this. No, 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 we're not having this. So thanks, Luke. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Luke. You, you just, you just lost Paul. us an award. I'm blaming Paul as well. And Rocky. Rocky. You just lost us an award. You didn't know what Rocky was saying because you'd muted him, hadn't you? Yeah, but I can uncover him. Um, then I remembered why. I muted him. Um, and now, hang on a minute, I'm getting very confused here because someone's. Oh, so now someone's saying that guy is a complete tool. Just ignore him. I know he's. I know he's a tool, but um, I want him to call in and I want him to dare spread his libelous lies because what he's tweeted is is a lie. He's probably googling it now to get the facts. I don't need to Google to get the facts. I got him up here because I read stories. And then I investigate them a bit further. I have a very inquisitive mind. So if, I, if there's a news story, I'll read it in a couple of newspapers at least. I'll uh, look at it on the BBC. And then I will read further. And I will speak to the sources as best as possible. And I will get the full, complete picture. Whereas some people, like that tweeter, what they do is they see a headline, they read the first... They may may go as far as reading the first paragraph of the story in the star, and then that becomes... Um, that becomes the story, that becomes fact. And that's... It's a great way to spread misinformation. It's just, it's, it's just to, to, to have a misleading headline and put a load of rubbish in the first paragraph. Because that's what most people read. It's the first paragraph of the story. Which is often the one that's most grabby and go. the least full of information. All right, let's go to the Daily Star. Let's pick a page. Um, here we go. Daily Star. Croc on the loose. The star snaps to it. Uh, killer lurks in Thames. A crocodile sighting had people flocking to the Thames yesterday. That's so, it. 
So, yeah. this guy's thinking, right, that's it then, crocodile in the, in the river. That's that sorted. Yep. You read it, it was a plastic one. Yeah, well, is it a, is it a... Yeah, it was a plastic one. Was it? Yeah. No, I don't think it is plastic. Yeah. Um, oh, it is, it is! This is brilliant, you see, this is what they do. Rocky, this is what they did. The monster was spotted prowling around posh Chelsea Harbour by a dog Not, not prowling, it was bobbing, it was plastic. Its head floating just above the water, the snarling reptile appeared ready to pounce any time. Wasn't snarling, it's plastic. I rushed to the scene armed with a large knife and my best crocodile Dundee get-up. Hmm? Owners of multi... This is the reporter, Andrew Jameson. Owners of multi-million pound houseboats and yachts moored nearby appeared calm despite their unwanted visitor. But it quickly became clear that the sharp-toothed carnivore had disappeared. Um, however, it emerged that the croc was just a fake. So that's it. Rocky's not called in. I wonder why. Let me just give him the number again. Oh three four four, one thousand. Waiting. We're waiting, guys. Uh, if you're watching us on Periscope, um, and if you're watching from anywhere in the world, you can Skype me. Late Night Alternative is uh, the place to go. And you can come and have a chitty chat with us. Lots of pictures of Louise nerding um, in short skirts and suzzies and uh, stockings. Uh, and I've got to be honest, never has stockings and suzzies looked so unsexy. Oh. It, and I don't mean that, because she's, she's a very attractive young lady. But there's just something, I know it's for cabaret, but there's just something, it's, that, it, it's, it's not a very sexy um, picture. For some reason, and I, I don't know why, because she's, I say, she's, you know, she's an attractive young lady, and, um, you know, I couldn't name one song from Cabaret. Eternal. Oh, Cabaret. What? What? Couldn't name one song from Cabaret. Yeah, you can. Life is a cabaret. Right. I couldn't name old one. Oh, wasn't there one? Money makes the world go around okay. the world. Go Isn't there one? Dankeschön, Dankeschön, thank you very much, thank you very much. Dankoshun, Dankoshun, thank you very, very bloody much. Um, Isn't that one? The one I know is Willkommen, Bienvenue. Oh, maybe that's what I was thinking of. But are you thinking of Thank You Very Much? Thank You Very, Very, Very Much? No. The Roses song? You know who that is, don't you? Scaffold. Oh, it's The Scaffold. And also, oh, I've got, oh, it's Roger McGough. I've got, I'm, I'm, I'm interviewing Roger McGough. I've got a reply to the email about interviewing Roger McGough. Oh, go, go to a break early. Go. <laughs> Moonlit musings for mums, madams, and meat packers. Oh, never mind, I must have misheard. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. The station's brilliant. On Talk Radio. Oh, yes, indeed. Oh, yes, indeed. Roll up, roll up. This is the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. With time to change, one in four of us will fight a mental health issue this year. Having a mate in your corner can make all the difference. Search time to change to find out more. Um, I've just looked and the um, interview with Roger McGough would would clash with the interview we're doing with Herb Alpert. Herb Alpert. So this is coming up on the show, right? You You want to know what guests we've got? Roger McGough at some point, Herb Alpert, Billy Bragg, Jimmy Webb, and on Friday, Loudon Wainwright III. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what it's all about. We, we, we do these shows aimed primarily at the 15-year-olds. It's, um, that's what it's for. 0344 You can Skype. Late Night Alternative. All one word. 
um, and you can join in and, and, and chat about anything. I always find it quite difficult coming back from a holiday, um, which is why I'm never going away ever again. Don't worry. I'm Apart from next Thursday, where we've been um, ordered to take the day off, um, apart from that, I'm never... Oh, on Christmas Day and Boxing Day, they fall on a Monday and Tuesday. And thank you to whoever it was on Twitter who suggested that I get my Lego Advent calendars. Remember last year, the nightmare I had trying to get Lego Advent calendars? Um, And uh, this year, I've ordered them early. I've got them in the boot of my car. The boot of my blooming car. That's where I've got them, guys. Kind of what I was talking about. Um, let's try Luke. Good evening, Luke. Yeah, mate. Hello, Luke. Yeah, uh, I've just tried a uh, Skype, and then it, it was just like uh, ringing, and then it got cut off, and then it came. I just quickly put it back onto uh, YouTube, and I just heard my name saying, "Thanks, Luke." Yeah, you've I probably thought, you, you've probably lost us our award that we're up for next week because your call was so abysmal. Well, I phoned up and it was ringing and then it just got cut off. We we spoke to each other, don't you remember? Well, I didn't hear you. We, we, we spoke to each other. Oh, I could not hear you. Well, that's, that's, well, anyway, that call, we're up for a big award next week and that call is probably what's lost us the award. So thanks, buddy. Hey, you'll win the award. Well, not if, not if the judges, legend. not if the judges are sitting on the fence, and then they think, "Oh, I'll tune into the late night alternative on talk radio," and they hear your call, they'll go, "We don't give him all an award." Yeah, you win it. You're a legend. I bet, I bet the blooming Sonys, the Gillards, and the, the other ones that I won. That if they heard that call, they'll I'll be getting a phone call tomorrow saying, "Can we have those awards back?" Nah, you'll win it for definite. Wowzers, how do you know? Because like I've just said, you're a legend. Well done, Luke. Thank you very much indeed. And that's all it takes. He's absolutely right. That's all it takes. So Uh, what did you call in for, Luke? Oh, just, uh, like I say, just tried that Skype. Okay, brilliant. Thank you. Let's try not to make the show... um, all about whether Skype's working on. I know that most phone calls using that thing are... Can you hear me? Can you... No. No. I don't think they can hear me. Can you... Oh, no, it's gone. Um, but let's try not to make the whole show that, please. Um, 03444991000. Skype late night alternative. Um, I was reminded of someone in the papers today who I haven't thought of for a long time, and I, I liked her... A lot, and I wondered what she was doing. I think she's somewhere doing something, but she, um, it's that problem of we don't really see women over 40, 45 on television. They kind of they get put out to graze and are replaced by younger, you know, bouncier, younger models, which I think is, is, is wrong. You know, if someone's good, someone's good. Um, Emma Forbes. Oh, she yeah. She was good, wasn't she, Emma Forbes? I like Emma Forbes. Is she on Heart or Magic or something? That's why yes. I imagine she is. What was the show? Was she go- She wasn't going live. She was... Um... Yeah, she was. No, that Zoe Ball was going live, wasn't she? Live and Kicking. Live and Kicking. There we go. Um, and her daughter... So Emma Forbes is 52. Her daughter is a model. And her, her Emma Forbes' mum, of course, is... Nanette Newman. Yeah, there we go, who's 83. Emma Forbes was a model, wasn't she? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I liked Emma Forbes um, a lot. 
Um, who else is there? This is a story about... Um, oh, God. State of Priscilla Presley's face. Oh, do you know who else I saw today? And I was a bit shocked. Yeah. Lindsay Lohan. She's done something. Oh, there. don't tell Nigel. Maybe she's done it. Maybe she, yeah, exactly. Oh, look. I mean, it's a bad picture. Look at... Oh, look at Priscilla Presley. Oh. Oh. I mean, I saw her in Panto a couple of years back and she looked... worked on then. Mm. Actress Riley Keough. Keough. Well, you, yes, that's what you think it would be, but um, these these um, these Americans, these these showbiz types, they like to keep you on the toes. So, actress Riley Keough, twenty eight, may not have the same instantly recognisable surname as her more fam- famous family members. However, the movie star is still a bona fide Presley, the daughter of singer songwriter. Huh. Lisa Marie Presley, she 49. Had a, she had quite a good single back, back in the day, didn't she? No. Lights Out. I quite liked it. No, it, it was rubbish. No, I liked it. Oh, right. Well, OK, well, let's... let's um, I mean, it was a bit... Someone told Oh, here we go. Suddenly, the... here we go. Start backing down, are you, snowflake? Right. No, I'm just saying it was a little bit... Um, Lights Out, Lisa... Female Elvis impersonator, but it's going to be, isn't it? All right, well, let's have a little listen. OK, this is what you said was a good I song. I liked it. All right, let's just listen, mate. This is what you said was a good song. Absolutely terrible. I liked it. Yeah, well, you still no, like it. You've got no taste in music. Well, I don't care. Good evening, Matt. Good evening, Ian. Good evening, Kath. Good Hi. evening, everyone. How are we? Well, this is what we like, a gentleman. It's this uh, last, with 25 minutes of the show left, a gentleman calls in. Thank you, sir. Thank you. That's dreadfully kind of you, Ian. How very, very nice of you to say so. OK, don't start um, rolling your arse, because only arseholes do that. <laughs> oh, dear God, how dare you. Um, it was just a very quick one. I'll go away very quickly. But um, you, you were talking about um, the older ladies, uh, older ladies, that's a, a rude thing to say, but yeah. the slightly older ladies who are interesting. Have you ever considered having Alison Moyet on your show? Didn't we, go, didn't we, as the Americans say, reach out to her recently? We did. And she did didn't get back? Uh, no response, but I know she's um, touring again. Maybe it's worth another shout. Yeah. She's just, she's just finishing a tour in Australia, but yeah. she is so funny. Well, there's a very funny clip live. of her on Australian television being interviewed that was kind of doing the rounds a bit. I think she's brilliant. I've always liked her. I've always... I had a little bit of a crush on her back in the day, and... Um, yeah. I've like I, I I think she's great. I'd I'd uh, yeah I'd like to. I, I'm not. I, I'm part of me thinks maybe I, I'm still thinking of maybe at Christmas we knock the guests on the head for six. Not months. literally. That would be illegal. No. Well, that would be. We once That'd did on on um, Rise the breakfast television program I did. We um, once had um, the cheeky girls on, and they weren't on for any reason. So they made up this thing where we were going to see if twins felt the same things. So we'd have one of the cheeky girls behind a screen, and I had to smash her over the head with a, you know, the sugar glass bottles. Mm. I had to smash her over the head with a bottle to see if the other one would feel it. What's the point of that? Did you hit her as hard as you could? Yeah, I did. I did, not, I did. The cheeky girls, very, very nice ladies. They, 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 they? they slept up until... I mean, this was 13 years ago. I believe at that point they were still sleeping in the same bed. Their mother... Taking Linda Opic. This was before... This was... Um, I can't quite... We saw Lembit Opic tonight. We walked past well, him, you didn't did. We? I didn't look at him. Yeah, we walked Just past him. Just to show him. him. Um, but um, their, their, their mother 
Their mother is kind of the brains of the organisation. What would be called now a momager. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're uh, what country are they from? Romania. No. Transylvania. Transylvania, yep. Yeah, Transyl- Isn't that Romania? Um, yeah, Transylvania doesn't exist anymore, does it? Well, you try telling Bram Stoker or Mr Count Dracula himself well, that. Both are dead. Thank you very much. Well, one's on dead. <laughs> um, but, um, I, uh, yeah, the cheeky girls. I mean, fair play to the cheeky girls. Where did they, they made, co- uh, they where, made a great deal out of very little. Well, where did they come from? Was it was it like Popeye? It was Pop Idol, wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah, I think it was BBC, wasn't it? The um, wasn't it the the BBC version? What was it no, they weren't on Fame day? Academy. Were they not? No, they weren't on Fame mm. Academy. No, no, I think they were on. Um, Pop Idol before it became like X Factor and stuff, and um, uh, maybe yeah. touch my bum, touch my bum, all of that stuff, wouldn't it? Hateful stuff, hateful, well, hateful. But and the other thing to say before I get cut off, which I will do when I say this, is I saw your um, uh, stand-up routine on YouTube the other night, and yes. oh my god, I'm so glad you gave up. Sorry, you were not um, cut oh. out for it, Ian. Uh, right. I did, well, first of all, it wasn't a stand-up show. No, no, the, the 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 very early stuff when you were on the Danny Baker. No, not not Danny Baker. Danny Baker was the drum kit thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, the thing where you did the joke about um, Delia Smith. It's a great joke. It's a great joke. I saw a book the other day, Delia Smith cooking with ease. That's hardly a responsible attitude to have towards drugs. Yeah. It's not Bill Hicks, is it? Well, no, of course it's not Bill Hicks, but it was a means to an end. <clears throat> I bet you... No, I know. What, what I, job, what job, what you what jo- no, hang on, Matt, what job right. do you, what job do you do? <laughs> well, I'm a wedding photographer. Right, and I bet you'll, you'll, uh, okay, why don't you come and let me look at the pictures you did as a kid, and I bet they're shit. They are, actually. Yeah, exactly, right. so... Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So, I'm... get, get knotted. Well, Rube, he started off being nice, and then he had to come in with a bit of a... Yeah, my early stand-up was rubbish, but why are you telling me that for? It was a bit weird, wasn't it? Do you think that was weird? I think he misjudged it. Well, uh, that's it. I think what, he was trying to be blokey, mate. Yeah, too, Matt. Let, let's come and look at the pictures you took as a kid. Yeah, let's, let me let, let, let me see if they'd be good enough for a wedding photograph. Get stuffed. Get stuffed. <sighs> did I overreact then? You think I did? Wow. I think he took. I think he. I think he overstepped to Mark, but he didn't. I don't think he did on purpose. Well, well, hang on a minute. If you overstep, you've got to be responsible. Here's the thing. I had a row with. Um, uh, the the company that's fixing my computer, right? And a big row with them because I was told it would cost one thing, and then I phoned them up and they said, oh, "Actually, it's going to cost this, and then it will cost an extra hundred pounds to send back your broken hard drive." And I said, "Well, hang on a minute. I, first of all, I wasn't told that, and secondly, you're saying it's why? Why would it be a hundred pounds to send back something that's broken? Uh, I'll come and collect it. What are you anyway? So we had a big round. It wasn't. Do you know what? My anger was justified, actually, and I'm, I'm I'm at a good place where I can I can usually tell if my anger is justified, and it was justified because they were they'd made a mistake, and I wasn't overly rude to the guy on the phone. I got a bit shouty, but I didn't swear. I didn't. Uh, you know, I said he would call him a thief and a vagabond. Uh, that was it. <laughs> a vagabond. I did call him a vagabond. Yeah. I think maybe even used the word charlatan. Um, slightly out of context, actually, but he didn't pick me up on it because I wouldn't have had a leg to stand on if he did. And I said, right, well, you can send it back and I want my money. And he said, right, we'll send it back. And then, and then I was just thinking, oh, God, I kind of need the computer fixed. Basically lost everything that's on the hard drive. I said, I kind of need the computer fixed. And if, if I get it, it's another two weeks to take it somewhere. Like so I phoned the dude up and I apologised. And I said, look, I shouldn't have... Um, I'm disappointed with the way... You, uh, uh, I'm disappointed with your service. I don't think your service is up to scratch. But 
uh, I shouldn't have spoken to you the way that I did. That was that was inappropriate, and I like to apologise. And then what he should have said was, well, do you know what, sir? We'll meet you halfway. We'll charge you £50 instead of 100 He didn't. Aye. There was none of that. Disappointing. Very, very disappointing. Double disappointing. In the first instance, disappointing service, and the second, disappointing acceptance of an apology. I've not kept track of these reads... I'm afraid. So I'm going to do these now. Uh, this is the late night alternative with me. This is it. Uh, now, I'm, now I'm on top of it. This is the late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio with Time to Change. The radio show that knows truth is always stranger than fiction. Week Monday, I get shoes. The late night alternative with Ian Lee. Because they're too real to be part of my imagination. On Talk Radio. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio with Time to Change 0344 499 1000. Rocky's just tweeting to himself now. I've got, I, I, only cause, I know because I went and looked at his Twitter feed. He's tweeting loads of stuff about Pete Townsend to his four followers. That's unlike him to keep going on. <laughs> He's so passionate aggressive. He won't call in, though. <laughs> Which is odd because I can tell him what I did with his CDs. Anyway, no. 0344 499 is the phone number. If you want to Skype, a late night alternative um, is the um, Skype. What is it I'm eating here? It's not, it's, it's, Rice crackers. Well, They're good, aren't they? Well... Well, good is good is a is a an overly used word. Oh, um, I think what's this I've written down here? Um, oh, I had something on my phone that I was going to talk about. It was a good one. Oh, it's on my phone. I can't look at it. Remind me tomorrow. I've got something on my phone. Okay. Um, no, that's a bit pony. What have I written? I've written Cox. Is that what is that? What's the thing I wrote on my phone? It's a really good um, topic. I can't think. Oh, here we go. Hidden willies in Old Master. <laughs> the art world is reeling over claims one of the most famous British paintings is filled with secret pictures of penises. Thomas Gainsborough used them in his 1748 masterpiece, Mr and Mrs Andrews, to mock the rich couple who posed for it, says a book. Art historian James Hamilton says the artist's father owed money to the family of Francis Carter, who wed um, Robert Andrews that year. Gain, where is let me read. He said to have painted a bag like a man's privates and the glove like a, like a limp willy. Um, it's just stretching it a bit, man. Yeah, but have you seen what's on her lap? That uh, one does look like a willy. No, it. Yeah, doesn't. it's an unfinished bit of the painting because they were going to put a child there. So it's like an un, a Gainsborough drawing offered on the canvas. to paint them as repayment, only to cock a cheeky snook. That is stretching it. The rude shapes are said to include a floppy glove, a phallic bag on Robert's hip, and, and doodle in his wife's lap. A doodle in his wife's lap. <laughs> Two donkeys in a pen are also said to represent an arranged marriage. Ooh, oh, hilarious! These, these 18th century gags, huh? Mr. Hamilton, author of Gainsborough, a, a portrait said. Blah, 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 blah. Um, oh, it's by the Sun Art Critic. Do you know what this, this is funny? Do you know what the Sun Art Critic's name is? Toulouse La Plot. No. It says here. Gosh. And then they've got a top ten. Oh, this is great. This is great. Okay. This is a bit naughty, but it's it's coming up to one o'clock in the morning. We can do this, and it's th- th- this paper owns us. So um, Ofcom, up yours. Other they've got top ten other rude artists. Oh, I know. Um, uh, uh, number one, Picasso. I was going to say Dickasso, but yeah, oh. it's probably better. Number two, Marc Chagall. 
Shaga. Shaga. Uh, number three, Sandro Botticelli. Botticelli. Number four, Titian. Titian. Number, number five, Peter Robbins. Six, Albrecht Durex. Number seven, Vincent Van Kock. Oh. We're getting to a good... Number ten is a good one, so I'm doing it in reverse, because I think they've got the ten and one the wrong way around. Number eight... <laughs> I'm looking at it going, I don't get it. Caravaggio. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> number nine, Jan Van Dyke. And number ten, Jackson Bollock. Now... <laughs> know that that number 10 is what sparked the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. High fives all around us on Newsroom. Well done, guys. Well done. And, and, and that's why we're so proud to be owned by the uh, same parent company that um, puts out that stuff. Because I'll be honest, we don't, we don't um, <laughs> stretch much higher than that, really. <laughs> Speaking of which, yep. we saw hair today. Didn't we, Just? Oh, my. Wasn't it good? Yeah. Don't everyone go and see it. it I was a little bit nervous because it's... We saw Doctor Who there. Doctor Who was there and Mark Almond were there mm-hmm. separately for the first half and then they left. The Doctor Who, um, the Peter Davidson one. I don't think you need to specify which, which Doctor it, it was. It was the Peter Davidson one. Yeah, and, Ma- and Mark Almond, it was the soft cell one. Mm-hmm. Um... Um, and at one point, Ian said he saw Donovan, and I was ready to believe it, it was just a fella. It's just a really old man whose face was falling off. Um, we're supposed to be going. Um, we're supposed to be going next week, but next week we think is is because it's the fiftieth anniversary, and loads of stars are going. People um, that were in the original, I think Elaine Page and Paul Nicholas and Patty Boulay and James Rado, who wrote the uh, co-wrote the lyrics. Um, they're all going, but. I suspect it's going to overrun and overrun and overrun. So I, I, as much as I want to be there as a fanboy. Plus, we're not in on Thursday, so we need to make up our hours. Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah, 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 we do. Um, so we won't go and see that, but we'll go, we will go and see it um, again. I thought I thought the young lady singing Frank Mills, I thought she, I thought she you know, um, anyone that hasn't heard my version would probably think that was a great version. But I... if you've heard my version... Then her version, you'd have thought, well, why did they go? Unusual, they cast her. Anyway, anyway, anyway. I'm guessing she didn't listen to yours on purpose because she yeah. could only be intimidated by yes. it. Parents are relying on technology to keep their children quiet, with a third of under fives now owning a tablet device, a survey reveals. British preschool children already watch more than two and a half pro- hours of programming a day on average on old fashioned TV sets, laptops, or tablets and mobile devices. So the thing is, when you start being a parent, you think, well, I'm going to, I'm really not going to let those guys watch TV and they're only going to, and then you just kind of, then life gets in the way and you're tired and you think, oh man, and then there's good stuff on TV and you go, I think the whole screen time restriction is very easy when you've only got one. Yeah. When you've got two, you need that. Now there's been a surge in the number of young children with devices of their own as parents upgrading their own tablets hand old ones down. Oh, no. No, 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 no. That's not... That is not happening. Almost all have regular access to an assortment of gadgets. Um, I know it's Rocky's not called in. Rocky, why are you not, why are you not calling in? Busy, busy tweeting. <laughs> there we go. Look, he's just, he is, he's just tweeting. Oh, okay. uh, Rocky... Co- Rocky, 
Call in, you muppet. You think you know what? You put it like that. Your first tweet is wrong. Call in instead of tweet. He's just tweet. He's got four followers. I'm t- I'm so close to blocking him because I'll be honest. He's a right pain in the ass. <laughs> as, as callers go, and we got some really annoying callers. But I mean, he's like. <laughs> He sent me about 30 CDs of a genre of music I've no interest in. Literally about 30, maybe even more than 30 CDs of, of rockabilly. I'm, I've got no interest in it. The thing is about Rocky is he's determined to be your musical Mr Miyagi. Yeah. Whether you want to wipe on, wipe off or not. No, 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 no. Um, evening, Jerry. Mr Easy Sing. You've got to sing it, buddy. Mr Easy Gower. <laughs> Mr Easy Gower. He was the one from Neighbours, wasn't he? Yes, yeah, the businessman. The business in the Asian markets. What's a super called Daniels? Alan Daniels has a super company called something weird. What was the chauffeur called in? Yeah, in the oh, Helen Daniel's chauffeur? Yeah, so she, no, she's a bit like Lady Vanilla, but Jim. She was um, a minx, Helen Daniel's. She died in the Bungle Bungles, didn't she? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Bungle Bungles. I don't know. I'm definitely now mangled as well. And Jews be on breakfast, Sally. He, 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 I've met Joe Mangle. He's a really nice bloke, bit of a yeah. hippie. Mark well, obviously... Little. Yeah. Well, he's blo- hey, hang on, shut up. He's blocked me on Twitter. Yes. I've got no idea why, because I met him a couple of times on Big Brother and we got on really well. I thought we got on really He's blocked me. Did you tell him his stand-up was crap? Don't <laughs> <laughs> you block me. That footballer, he does, he's probably us train the football, but not Mick Shannon, the other bloke. What's his name? Mick, Mick's on play for Newcastle. Mick. Mitch, hang on, what are you talking about? Now you're on to Mitch who played for Newcastle. He's blocked Jerry. Yeah. He's what? He's blocked Jerry. Oh, OK. We'll do that. There we go. That, that, remark, Kath, write this down. Turn the email up. This is, this is tomorrow's phone in. Celebrities that have blocked you. I think we've done Mickey it before. Quinn. But it's a good one. Nicky Quinn. He blocked me because. Quinn. But the life science Okay. Well, Jerry, Jerry, listen, we've got to go because we're coming to the end of the show. But thank you, mate. That's tomorrow's, that's tomorrow's show. Whatever it is I've typed on my phone, I don't remember. And um, Celebs who blocked you. Celebs who have blocked you. Honestly, I was so upset. I thought, why did Michael block me? I mean, in the green room, we had, a, we had a real laugh and we kind of bonded a bit, I thought. Uh, we, uh, and I found this about six months ago. I was like, what? That's outrageous behaviour. Gosh. Yeah. Maybe it's a pocket block. Do you remember when um, Paul Ross blocked me? No, Paul Ross didn't block you, though. Wasn't Johnny Seinfeld um, <laughs> operating his Twitter and he blocked you because he's a. He's, um, huh? Um, sausage fingers. Uh, no, because he's a, a, um, a guest thief. Yes. And because he records interviews with guests and doesn't play them out. That's what I heard. Imagine doing that. Anyway. Right, dear listener, the show's kind of collapsed in a heat of a heap of um, 
self-hatred and um, self-abuse, as it often does. These mm. things are uh, sent to dry. So you have been listening to The Late Night Alternative with me, Ian Lee, on Talk Radio. And with time to change, one in four of us will fight a mental health problem this year. Having a mate in your corner can make all the difference. Search Time to Change to find out more. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, some of the callers. And uh, thank you to some of the Skypers. Till tonight at 10. Ta-ta.